Hey, this is Chicken. Thanks for listening to Moto X Pod. Hello, everyone. This is Mike Brown here. You're listening to Moto X Pod Show. Shows of the Moto X Pod Show already. It's pretty awesome, TJ. What do you think? It blows my mind that people actually care enough to listen to us. Nobody listens. It's just us recording. Oh, yeah. Well, okay, then, then yeah, we can do thousands of them this way. Then I'm, I'm good. Yeah. Well, that uh, that opening song. That's a band from Austin, Texas, called Not in the Face. You guys listened last week. Michael Dean Gage was my co-host. That's his younger brother, Wes Cargo, on the drums. My buddy Jonathan Ter- Terrell on vocals. Dude, Pretty cool band. That's the that's the best song that you picked to start with. Yeah, you gotta say that every time. No, that one is though. It's a good song, dude. They kill it live with that song. It's a really cool. That's what they usually closed with, and uh, it's pretty pretty amazing. Love it. But anyway, so let's get to some uh, show sponsors because they make this thing happen. Right off the bat, let's talk about Amsoil. Moto X-Pod show is brought to you by Mad Jack Synthetics. Dane Evans and Mad Jack Synthetics is an independent dealer of Amsoil synthetic oils. They are riders, racers, and just all-around fans of dirt bikes. Dane Evans is nationwide with customers and warehouses all across the USA and Canada, and you know Amsoil supports Moto and is a leader in oil technology. Contact Mad Jack Synthetics at 805-531-9551. Or at madjackdiesel.shopamsoil.com. Follow them on Facebook at Dane Amsoil Guy and IG on Instagram at Dane underscore Evans 393. Also, Five Star Roofing of Texas. They do residential and commercial jobs, whether you are looking for composite or metal roofs, fences, custom patios, pergolas, or even metal buildings. Chad Mayo and his guys at Five Star Roofing of Texas can handle it, and they even offer a moto discount. That's what we like. We like discounts. I like discounts. I know TJ likes discounts. They're also a proud sponsor of our buddy and privateer, John Short, who was on last week. So follow them on Instagram and on their website at 5starroofingoftexas.com or give Chad a call at 214-402-8565 and let them know you heard about them on the Moto X Pod show. Hey, when riding dirt bikes, protection is key. I do not like to get hurt. All Sport Dynamics wrist braces are the helmet for your wrist. Top riders like Weston Pike, Adam Ciancerillo, Joe Savacci, 
Austin Forkner, Alex Ray, and many more, plus Major League Baseball players, NFL players, bull riders. They all trust Allsport Dynamics to save their wrists. Visit motocrosswristbrace.com for info and follow them at wristbraceguy on Instagram or email me, darksidemx3 at AOL, if you're interested in getting a set. Charlene at, at uh, MX Girl Design. She uh, does all kinds of custom graphics. She can do modern bikes, vintage bikes. She kills the graphics. She does my, lo- my graphics, Muscle Mark's graphics. She's done some stuff for TJ. Heck yeah. Beautiful work, affordable price. Char's a racer. She'll hook you up. Char at MXGirl.com. Also let her know that you heard about, a, about her on our show. Last but not least, Shock Socks, the original and number one 10-second removable fork seal protector. No one likes replacing fork seals. No one likes even working on their bikes that I know of other than TJ. But anyway, if you want to save your fork seals, ask your local motorcycle shop about Shock Socks or go to BurrMotorsports.com, and you can also find them on Instagram and Facebook. All right, guys. Like I said, it's uh, episode 82. Pretty killer show tonight. The racing was great last weekend, right? Yeah, you you didn't get your picks in, and you lost. You missed the national. I'm totally out. Yeah, no, there was no national. It was really depressing. Talking about um, MX Girl Designs, man, I uh, got that bike in that corner that doing like a tribute bike to a buddy of mine. Yeah, who we passed a couple of years ago, and um, I saw the graphics sitting out there. And I cannot wait to get those on the bike. I just haven't had time to finish. Even actually, about halfway through the build, so I hadn't even got a chance to get close to finishing it because. Right just been so busy with that little person that takes all my money my kid right um yeah well she does good work i haven't i don't think i've seen other than just the pictures that you sent up your stuff and mark finally got his stuff on dude his bike looks really cool yeah i like to make i like to tease him a little bit kind of looks like a taxi it, yeah i can see that but the the design with all the checkered flags somebody but. somewhere we were i guess it was here somebody was like why does he have camel on his <laughs> Oh like, yeah, yeah, because he yeah, did the camel smoker cross. Yeah, the smoker yeah. cross. Uh, but he was a kid. Important Todd Covey. Yeah, it, it was. It was. But it was Covey. one of the young guys, and I was like, right. no, no, no. That's, that's some. He, yeah, he went with some retro, old school stuff. Supporting Todd. He, he and, was like, is he sponsored by Camel? <laughs> like, no, <laughs> no, they look sick though. And you yes, know, I, they look she's good. She's done my logos for the last two bikes, or the uh, for my 06 and my fifteen, my last two jobs. But hey, tonight's show we've got uh, Texas, one of Texas's top amateur riders, Ryder Floyd. We have Monster Energy Kawasaki's PR lady, Vanessa O'Brien. She's the one that books all the interviews and stuff for the factory team, like Eli Tomac, Josh Grant, depending on who's on the team. She's going to be on tonight. We have a uh, YouTube, uh, what do you want to, what do we say, YouTube mechanic, motocross mechanical stuff, Cameron uh, Nyamella, I believe is how you say it. I hope yeah. I didn't butcher that. And then we have HEP Motorsports number 39, Kyle Cunningham tonight. So we got a pretty good little show. Uh, you know, like we said, no no pro racing last weekend, so nothing to talk about with that, but I did race while you guys were working. I was out at Village Creek for the... Yeah, I just watched the GoPro. Yeah. Some dude sitting down in the corner just tried to plow you over. I saw that part. That was great. Well, you can't really tell from the video, honestly, dude. It's a super off-camber Oh, turn. I know the corner. So you had yeah. to be sitting down pretty much anyway, and... I kind of cut in front of it, took his line away, and he was on the brake. He, he, didn't, I mean, to he didn't mean to hit me. Yeah, he had were, nowhere to go. That was a really tight corner, and I just, I had to have, there's only one corner left after that, so I had to take it. Yeah. But it went okay. I went uh, one three for second overall. Battling with the B riders? One of them, yeah. <laughs> like I told you off air, this we've had this discussion so many times. 
So Kent Ryder, he's the guy. He, yeah. Uh, he recently moved up to the B class, and he was telling me that it sucks because I'm not fast enough to race with those guys. I should have stayed in the C class. I'm just in the back riding by myself. It's not fun. Well, that would be true. It's that way because no one in the, none of the all vet riders want to move out of the C class because we're still C riders. Sure I actually, yeah. you know, it's funny. I had this conversation. There was about ten we or have fifteen. Time for this. There was like ten or fifteen of us in our little pit area between all the shock socks guys. Was there anybody on my side? No, because no, the, and that's the thing. And is, I gave I, I I actually gave your point. Like I, I said, you know, TJ is on the side of it's. It's not ex- it's experience. How do I say it? it's experience over? Uh, I say over speed. It's ab- experience ability. Over speed, yeah. I say it should be done by ability. You say by ex- experience, number of years on the bike, and those guys are like, no, well, no, not not a set. I, I see what you're saying as far as not a set number of years, right? But ten years in the C class is just ridiculous. But if you never get any better than you were, that's all you are. Okay, well then that means if you never get better than what you are, then you're a back of the pack B rider, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. It's not for most people because most people. Like I'm sorry, most people. Let's do this as a poll. I'm going to put this on Twitter. Let's do this poll. Do you race? Do you compete to win, or do you just compete to compete? I compete to compete because I I compete to win. I want to win, but that doesn't mean I would drop down to beginner class. This is this is the millennial mindset where you're like, I'm not a millennial, dude. I I know you're not. Hold on, hold on. I know you're not. But what I'm saying is, this is the millennial mindset of, well, if I can't win, I'm not gonna do it. By golly, that's not the case. And that's exactly what that's the mentality. And you know what? And it's not though. Like I told my kids when they were younger, I didn't believe in the whole you can accomplish anything. Hey, the world needs ditch diggers. Right. The world needs back of the pack riders. If yes. what you're saying is true, then your buddy John Short's probably going to have a hard time battling for the lead of a 450 class. So maybe he should quit. Okay. Look, uh, I John Short, the intermediate class is like your next step before the pro class, and I don't feel like I'm at that level. I just don't. But it's because the I'm an average rider, and, and in my opinion, there's a lot of guys that are in that B class. That could be riding a class. You go, you go to any. That I agree with. You go to any local race, and there's about what three A guys in the whole class. Depends, you know what I mean? Yeah. As far as vet stuff sure. goes, and so those guys can move to the A class. Doesn't hurt them to move up, right? But they have the same mindset going. Well, Don Bashelia will beat me, and I want to race him. <laughs> <laughs> Such an idiot. <laughs> but look, I do. I don't want to race for tenth place. That would not be fun to me. I don't care what place I'm getting at. The, like I think I talked about it on the show before, the best race I ever had, and it totally changed my mindset about everything, was out at Swan years back. Me and this, me and a couple of guys tangled together in the first corner, and me and another guy were like the last people to get up, get our bikes going. We took off about the same time. I'd never raced with this guy before. I don't know who he was. We battled for the last place. We battled until the end. And um, it was like we just basically tried to kill each other to get to whatever place we were in. I don't even know what, what place we were in. We had to have been last place battling for last. I don't even remember who won, but it was the battling, the banging bars. That's yeah. what it was, it was that, fun. That, I, I don't disagree. If I'm going to be in the back of the pack, I want to have a battle. But most of the time, when you look at that B class, the, the B riders, are, the, the good B riders are gone. Like the guy in the GoPro video on my moto that you saw took off that Jacob Trotter. He was just gone. No, I know Jacob. And then we had... Kent Ryder, who was about my ability, he just moved up, and he's telling me, "I hey, he's like he's basically usually not battling with anybody because everybody else is too much, so much faster." Right. So, 
I don't want to move up to a class where I'm going to be racing or maybe not even getting to race anybody because they're too fast. That's, that's not, I don't want to ride around by myself. But I felt the same way years back when I decided, you know what, I don't want to be a sandbagger and I moved up to the B class mm-hmm. and it didn't happen. My actual ability got better. It, it, it pushed me to ride better. I'm not saying I'm faster now, but I'm saying at that point in time right. to the point to where I've got, you know, I won races, multiple races in that class. Um, in the B class, but when I moved there, I didn't. Just like when you when guys, when you went to the first first of the C class, you didn't win races. I did actually. God I bless. Won the very you first are the one. worst example of a sandbagger. <laughs> My very first ever. novice race, I won. <laughs> ever the worst example of a sandbagger. Uh, whatever, dude. Yeah. Are we calling Mark? I guess we will. We're gonna try. Mark's at a different number tonight. He's out in West Texas still. Yeah, he, he's been missing. Ringing? He's at MIA for like two days. Thank you, sir. He's been MIA for a couple of yeah. days. We had heard hide nor hair of him. We had to like call his wife and find out like he was alive. Is, is he alive? Which is weird because Mark's always talking smack on some sort of social media, and no selfies posted or anything. Yeah, you didn't answer. Nope. Didn't answer. Well, we didn't want to talk to Mark yeah. anyways. I uh, you keep talking. I'm gonna text him back and let him know. But uh, so anyways, you can keep so bagging on me for sandbagging if you want. But. Yeah, we can. We can sit over here and just make fun of you for sandbagging. But uh oh, we got a call coming in. Okay, let's see. You are live on the Moto X Pod Show. That's a good okay. Voice. That was a good voice. I, I'm telling you, you I should use that all the time. I should use that all can the you time. Do the whole show like that. I can. Let's do the Moto X Pod Show. All on air next is muscle on air mark. next is muscle mark. Muscle mark is calling in with the dealing with erectile dysfunction now. Mark, um, would you like to elaborate on this? No, no, that's not a problem. The only problem is uh, a way to. Um, how, how do I? Do it? <laughs> yeah, hey man, did your wife did your wife contact you because we called her thinking that maybe you were dead because we haven't heard from you in like three days? Well, I kind of feel dead out here. There's really not a whole lot going on where I'm at. So, Are you, but at uh, least you're working, right? So that that's not bad. Yeah, well, yeah, it's fine. It's uh, I just want days off tomorrow, so I get to come home. So that'd be cool. You gonna be in studio next week? Uh, I'm gonna try. Yeah, I gotta go back. I'm thinking I might just leave from there and drive all the way out here because I'll be on night next pitch anyway. Yeah. So cool. I might just drop afterwards. But so yeah, definitely. You're you're breaking up really bad. Yeah, I don't have good service where I'm at, bro. Yeah. Well, we were just calling to check in with you. We got our first guest coming up in a few minutes. We just thought we'd try you real quick. Dark side misses you. Do what? Dark side misses you. Of course. He's over here going, I don't know what I'm going to do without Mark. (laughs) (laughs) You do too, TJ. You just don't want to admit it. We're, We're running through the sandbagger topic again. Oh God! Because I, uh, I had, I, I haven't told you the story, but in my moto, there was a guy that signed up for the B class. He just recently moved up, and we were talking about it. We, he and I actually battled, and he's like, "That yeah, sucks," because I'm always in the back, and there's nobody to race with, and I should have never moved up. Those guys are too fast. Yeah, uh, but to- I see. I figured you would be on my side, Mark, because you're against this whole everybody's a winner. You know, millennial mindset. If I can't win, I'm gonna quit. You know, kind of well, mentality. Even nobody likes to ride around and last either. Believe me, it's not oh, fun. I, I've been doing. I want to be top five, top top five, top six, well, and, then, bat, and have the opportunity. 
that it's a possibility I could win a race. You can't. If I can win a race in B class, you yes, could. Yes, if nobody else shows up. I have won There's one. no fucking way you're beating those guys. There's no way you're beating guys like Jacob Trotter and those guys that sign up in the B class. Not right in this second. I don't know that I ever could. Yeah, well. Not unless I'm riding every weekend like they do. If you're right. If you're racing the C class and you're, and you're not winning every weekend easily, then you're fine where you're at. That's kind of what I think. That's just a load of baloney, and that's what's wrong <laughs> with society and motocross right TJ now. TJ just has to be difficult. Uh, uh yeah, no, he he would argue the opposite point if we were trying to go the way he was. No, <laughs> not at all, not at all. I don't, I don't really care that much at all. Like kind of just up to the person, but who the fuck doesn't want who? Around the back of the pack and with nobody to battle with. Exactly. I wouldn't even pay. What's the point of paying to go to a race if you're not really racing? If you're well, just riding. The, po- the point is, is if if you had more people that would move up like they should, then the classes would be full, and there wouldn't be thirty guys in the C class, four guys in the B class, and two A riders. That's that, that's what I'm saying. There's an issue there. That you, I see it a week in, week out, announcing races that the C classes from every age group are. Packed full. The B classes have very few riders, and the A classes have none. Yeah, no, I mean, I, that point too, for sure. Like, what do you do? Well, you move people up, and I'll give Trey Cleanfrost a, a big pat on the back here because years back he tried to get that track side, um, whatever it was called, the, the keep up with all the riders and all the races, and he really tried to get that going because that was just a way of saying, hey, look. You basically point out, and they do that up north. Up north, y'all guys would not have late made it this long in the C class. Y'all have got bumped because up north, they keep up with your rider points. They keep up with the AMA um, RPV. And uh, well, I guess as long as they make the B guys move up, I'd be okay with that. Yeah. But that's the point. Here, that's not happening. I would be racing like in 10th place, and I wouldn't ever even see the guy in ninth place. Well, just because other people are living on handouts from the government doesn't mean you Shut need up, to. TJ. Well, here's the deal. I train is good about moving people up. He's he's the, they're you know they're they're a level above the cluster, and I, I applaud him on that too. So if I race, if, uh, you know, I'm riding the C classes because I don't I race twice a year. So what? You right, know? Right. Well, you're slow, so it's okay. Yeah, okay, but <laughs> and you, dude, when I rode all the time, I handed you your ass everywhere we went, everywhere. Yeah, I, I know I you're being. I wasn't around, so I don't know. I never. I. I, I he no doesn't want to, but it is what it is. <laughs> I'm, gonna yeah, no, no. I'm gonna sit over here quietly and nod. <laughs> okay, well, I can pull results if you like. That one race you did beat me, where I rode the 450 for the very first time and crashed. Fair enough, you beat me. That you beat me straight no. up. And shitloads of them. You okay. just don't want to remember. <laughs> well, start finding them, brother. Okay. <laughs> But anyway, yeah, I don't know. I'd like to do some riding when I get home this weekend somewhere. If anybody's open, yeah, I'm sure there'll be somebody. I don't know who's open. I'm on call, so and then next weekend after that, we're we're headed to Muddy Creek. Oh, right on. Yeah, that'll be fun. Yeah, I'm looking forward no, to it. It's gonna be for me this time. Do what? There's no nationals for me this summer. Yeah, me either. Sucks for you guys. Well, some of us have to can't can't live the dream, Dark Side. Yeah, I'll trade, uh, you know, I like paycheck right now. <laughs> I like money. Exactly, exactly. All right, brother. Well, we're going to get off the phone here because we got to get to our first guest. I mean. All right. We'll talk to you soon, Mark. He's cutting out bad. All right, brother. See ya. 
All right, guys, we uh, will be back here momentarily with Ryder Floyd. Back with our first guest of the night, and he is brought to you by Shock Socks, the original and number one 10 second removable fork seal protector. No one likes replacing fork seals, so ask your local motorcycle shop about Shock Socks. First guest of the night is Texas amateur fast ass motherfucker Phenom. Number, Phenom number 296, <laughs> Ryder Floyd. What's up, Ryder? Hey, how are y'all? It's going good, man. We're just sitting here, uh, we're just doing a little bench racing. TJ's calling me a sandbagger, that kind of stuff. That's right. Yeah. So how have you been doing, man? How's your summer going? You've been uh, getting a lot of training in? Yeah, no, it's it's been good. I've uh, I've been pretty much just staying with John Short and working with him and Sean Hackley and Jim Lewis just every week going at it. Yeah, so y'all are at the, y'all at the compound? Good. Yeah, we're at Compound 77. Yeah, man. Hackley's been doing a lot of work with that place. I've seen a lot of it on social media. He's got a lot of fast kids there. So for, for yeah, those no, that... Yeah, he's... Uh, he's Go ahead. No, you go ahead. Answer. Yeah. Uh, no, he's uh, he's really turned it around. I mean, it's honestly, I think it's one of the one of the better tracks to train at around here for sure. For those that don't know, where is that located? Uh, it's actually in Sacramento, Oklahoma. Okay, I, I thought yeah, it was right, up that way, up, up across the border. Yeah, yeah. he's got, and they've got. I've seen some photos up there. The dirt is awesome. So we've got a lot of good training facilities in this area, man. I think this is going to be one of the new meccas of moto before long. Oh yeah, for sure. Well, there, there's a couple new training centers opening up that are kind of top secret right now. Yeah, that we've heard about. But uh, so, Ryder, um, you know, you recently you ran the JS7 race, and uh, you know, what other what other events are you planning on attending this year? You know, uh, after the uh, JS7, uh, we took a little bit off, and we decided that we were going to go ahead and move up a year early and race some outdoor nationals. Oh awesome. wow! Really? Yeah. What rounds yeah. are you going to yeah. get to? Um, we are going to do Tennessee will be the next one. We, the first one I went to is actually in Colorado. Okay. And it was, uh, it was definitely a learning experience. We, 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 uh, messed around in qualifying practice, didn't get a good time. And, uh, in the, in the LCQ, uh, was in a first turn pile up. So we, we didn't make it into the motos, but we definitely, I, I learned a lot. It's, uh, definitely a totally different ball game out there <laughs> yeah. how was how was your speed compared to some of the other guys like where you like as far as your qualifying time did you ever get a fast lap down and and how close were you uh in the qualifying i actually didn't even wasn't able to get a, a good lap down i was constantly passing people but uh in the lcq i was the fastest one by over a second every single lap i just just need to work on the qualifying situation it's yeah. uh, really tough and the B practice for sure. There's so many people, and they're not really out there racing. You know what I mean? They're just kind of riding around, and it's super hard to get a lap down because of how gnarly the track is. And you've got so many people. So we, that's that's the one thing we're really focusing on right now is, is being able to put laps down at sprint speed, so uh, we can get out of that LCQ. That's a that's a wild one. I would sure. imagine. So with a lot of the amateur guys, they will stay amateur until after Loretta's and then turn pro and do that kind of stuff. What what made the decision for y'all to do the pro early, like like to actually not do the final year of amateurs? Um, really, we we did the Jamis 7, and, and before the Jamis 7, I was off the bike for a long time with an injury. Yeah. And I showed some good speed and just 
I don't know, I came back, started training, and we pretty much just kind of out of the blue, you know, we're like, well, how come we don't just move up a year early and get some experience? Sure. Because there was, there's really nothing waiting for me at Loretta's. I don't, I don't think I, uh, I think if I were to go there and do pretty good, I, I don't think it would really change anything for me. Right. Yeah, I'd still move up after Loretta's and there's, if there was something on the line, we would have went, but there's, you know, it's, it's just me and my family doing this. So yeah, pretty much we kind of made the decision to move up early and uh, get a season under our belt and learn. So That's I cool. think for sure it's, it's, I think it's a good, a good uh, start at Thunder Valley. We may not have made the bonus, but we definitely have the speed to. Yeah. I didn't even realize you were attempting that. I wish I had known, but I'll, I will be at Tennessee. So I'll definitely come search you out and, be out there and, and yell for you, and that'd probably make you go at least a half second a lot faster. A half second if I have a dark, I have a dark I'm, I'm, side. I'm gonna need yeah, no, if that's the case, I'm gonna need you running on the track with me, yelling for me. We need to go fast. I'll, I'll, I'll get a pit bike and just try to follow you around. <laughs> yeah, like around the side yeah. of the track, yeah. like a moto dad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like at Daytona where they have the the four the four wheeler with the camera. I'll just yeah. be like right beside you. Yeah, shit, I couldn't keep. <laughs> But that's cool. So, hey, Ryder, let's go back a little bit. I've known you since you were, I don't know how young you were when you used to come ride at some, you know, some of these local tracks and come with uh, Michael Gage. What, how old were you when you started riding, and uh, what got you involved with the sport to begin with? Um, I actually uh, got my first 65 when I was probably five years old. Guys, yeah, my first ever dirt bike was a KX65, and I uh, I started riding it a little bit. And, you know, me and my dad were just having fun with it. Yeah. And uh, we just we went to a race in Sherman at at the North Forty track, my first race ever. And I remember I got second place, and I was just so mad because I wanted to win, and it it just hooked me. Yeah. And from there, I, that's all I wanted to do was race. Well, and you had parents. You had parents that really, from what I saw, went all in from the beginning. I mean, your your dad and your mom. You know, you guys had motor. You know, not the, taking to a lot of races, and they were very supportive. Um, I believe they were you know helping you get rider riding lessons at a, as a younger younger age. I mean, they were very supportive of it. Yeah, for sure. And, and there's there is no way I'd have to do this without them. I right. mean, this is you know it's all it's all backed by them. Did your did your parents or your dad ride, or how did you? How, what started dirt bikes? You know, my dad rode a little bit when he was younger, just growing up, rode around the neighborhood. He never really did any racing, and uh, he we, we were actually into drag racing for when I was younger, growing up, and he just he got a dirt bike for me, and pretty much my sister rode an XR fifty, and I wanted to ride it. He got my bike, and I was. Has been eat up with so you come. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I say you come from uh, competitiveness with the drag racing and all that kind of stuff. So yes, yes, for sure. Well, Ryder, so far in your amateur career, what's what do you think is your greatest accomplishment? My greatest accomplishment as an amateur, man, I, it's tough. I, I, I probably Ponca City in in 2011, the the last year. Uh, I was on an 85, and I had some really good moto finishes. I had some some top fours. I was up there battling for the podium spot, and uh, I don't remember how we. I think I finished ninth overall, but that was probably like the biggest eye opener for me. Yeah, is, is that year at Ponca being I got good starts, and I rode up front with all those kids. Tanner Stack was one of them. I'm, I don't remember the rest of them, but that was kind of like the point where I really wanted to 
you know, kind of go all in with it. Yeah. I, I, you know, I showed some speed and stuff. I think, honestly, that was a really good one in Ponca. Well, okay, and now, so a few years later, you've been, like I said, you ride with John Short. You went up to Lakewood. You tried to qualify. Uh, you, you see what times those guys are doing compared to what you might have been doing in qualifiers. What do you need to work on? You know, what do you see that, okay, I need to, you know, whether it be corner speed, whether it be just overall speed, what do you, what do you see that is the main priority to, to get you to the next level? I, I really think the biggest thing for me is definitely going to be the first first half of my turns and coming into the turns faster. Yeah, that, I think that would be the the main thing, honestly. I think that's what separates the guys that are up top from the guys that, that are close is definitely the first half of every single turn on the track. If you watch those guys, that like Jeremy Martin, his – his corner speed is, is is insane how fast he goes through. And it, and it doesn't look like it. You really have to watch. And, it's, yeah. and then you watch the other guys, you know, it's like, man, it's literally coming into the turns wide open and getting off the brakes and getting back on the gas. I, I think the first half of the turns is kind of what we've been working on. And, and uh, sprint and speed, sprint speed. As far as that corner speed, do you think that's technique? Do you think it's just mental commitment or is it a little bit of both? I think at where I'm at right now, I really I think it's it's a little bit of both, but more leaning towards the uh, mental commitment. You know, it's the tracks are, are super gnarly, and you yeah. really have to commit coming into those turns. You know what I mean? It would, I think it's a little bit of both, but for sure, a big part of it is the mental side of it. Yeah, you, those you talk about how gnarly they are, and I know you didn't make it to the main events or whatever, but um, the tracks. How do they do at 77? What do they do to try to get you and, and the guys out there ready for those really just gnarly, completely destroyed tracks by the end of the moto? Uh, it is, uh, it's, he really, he pretty much waters it all day. Like he's on it all day long and it's, we don't prep it every single day out there. Right. And, uh, he just, I mean, pretty much just make us the qualifying stuff. Like it's muddy. That's that's the for me right now. That's like the biggest part of the day. I want to make sure I've got down is the qualifying part of it. Oh, so it's muddy in the mornings, like every, like yeah. at all these nationals. I didn't think about that. It's true. It is. It is very very muddy. It, I mean, it's it's. I came back from the uh, first qualifying session in Colorado, and you would have thought I was at a mud race. I mean, it's, <laughs> I never thought yeah, about it, that. It, but it, y'all have to train for different parts of the day yeah. as the track changes, yeah. as all that kind of stuff. I, I never thought about that. Yeah, no, he, uh, that's one thing we've really been working on out there is making sure my first, my uh, warm-ups and practicing qualifying is making sure it's muddy, pretty much. It sounds crazy, but it, it, that's after, you know, going to my first one and kind of learning like that, like the track's got to be, it's got to be wet in the morning. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. And are, this is, TJ wrote this down, but are, are you going to be riding 250s or 450s? Uh, yeah, I'm actually racing the 250 class right now. Okay. And uh, depending on how the season goes, you know, maybe towards the end, the last three rounds, I'm not opposed to riding my 450. But as of right now, the bike that I'm most comfortable on definitely is going to be the 250. I got you. That, yeah, you say that because I know we Doc um, had, we had him a 450 to practice on, and we've he finally talked me into getting rid of it. He said he wasn't as comfortable on the 450 as he is the 250. Yeah. I mean, he even racing. Yeah, no. He's even racing his 250 in the 450 class. 
Yeah, no, it's uh, definitely that's, I am I practice on the 450 during the week, and I, I my brother is a uh, he lets me ride his bike once a week. So I definitely think riding a 450 during the week is hard. Like it's heavier, it's faster, it's just all around harder to ride. At least for me. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I, I it sounds crazy, but I I'm faster on a 250F. No, that's at uh, most of the tracks. That's the same way he was too. Whenever we um, like, we started looking at lap times, and I'm like, I thought he was just slacking on the 450. He was just struggling on that thing. So, yeah, no, it's it, it's really tough to ride a 450 on. It, 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 it's so heavy, and, and nowadays they're they're so fast. So how are it you so getting? Fast. How are you getting to and from the races? As as far as just kind of early turning pro, I know you probably couldn't have had like a huge game plan if this was like a last minute deal for you. Y'all just, you know, like moto vanning yeah, it out there. Pretty much, we're just kind of leaning at moto vanning it right now. We uh, that's the plan. As of right now, we're gonna I'm gonna drive to uh, Tennessee. Yeah. And then after Tennessee, my next round, we're not gonna do Southwick. We're gonna do Redbud. Yeah, you know, it, it, especially if I'm start if I'm starting to build by Redbud, I'd really like to hit as many as I can on the in the last you know half of the series, especially if you know if, if I'm building pretty good after Tennessee because that first one was really like I, I needed to get it out of the way. I, you know, it was <laughs> I didn't know, I didn't know what to expect. It was it was almost like going in blindfolded. Yeah, there was so much learning. And I'm sure people have told but, uh, you this, and then but you until you experience it yourself. Yeah, it, it, it's, 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 it is. It's gnarly. It's a yeah. totally different ball game. Well, how about the altitude? How was that for you? The altitude, you know, I didn't notice it until I went out for my LCQ race. I really, I, I definitely noticed in qualifying stuff the bike was, was slower. Yeah. Uh, Fitness-wise, I noticed it in the LCQ after doing the two qualifying sessions, and then I was racing LCQ, and it was not like I was getting out of breath. It was more of the fact that my chest started burning, and when you pulled off the track, you can't. It didn't seem like you could recover very well. Right, right. It's kind of kind of like losing, having the breath knocked out of you to a degree where you're 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 struggling just a little bit more. Yeah, and you don't. And I noticed even that I, I drove back after the weekend and uh, went to the track that Monday, and I noticed I was still like I hadn't recovered from that weekend, even though I wasn't even in the motos. Right. Driving part of it to practice the altitude, you know, it, it honestly was a lot gnarlier than I thought it was going to be. Well, that's probably good then that you went to that one, you know, I mean, because that, that's a, a um, what's the word I'm looking for? It, it's a thing that you won't have to deal with at the other tracks. You won't have to deal with altitude. So maybe Colorado was a yeah, good The next test. ones will seem easy. Yeah, hopefully. So a moto win, right? That's what you're saying? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But hey, um, I just, just lost my train of thought. I was what I was about to ask. Totally screwed you over. Yeah, you did. Way to go, dude. Oh, <laughs> I, um, so you've been riding with John Short, who we know is very fast. He's made, he, he does pretty damn good in the Nationals when he's out there. How are you comparing to John on practice days time-wise? Are you close? Or are there days that you're as fast or faster? Uh, you know, I'm definitely in the ballpark. John's for sure got the upper hand. He is, uh, honestly, this is the fastest I've seen John Short go. He's really, he's riding very good. He is. He's, uh, he's definitely faster, but it, it it's really good for both of us to be riding together. You know, we're, we're good buddies and, and it makes it easy going out there and doing all that work, especially when somebody's out there suffering with you. Yeah. That's, I mean, it's, 
he uh he's definitely faster. He he's on the gas right now. Right. So hopefully maybe by the end of the season, you know, we'll get a little closer. But uh, <laughs> that'd be great. Yeah, but right now, he's got me right now for sure. Well, I've got another one more John Short question. So I've kind of he knows I've said this to him before. Like his starts are probably his biggest weakness. Can you get him on the start? Are your starts better? Yeah, than him? You know, the last time that we lined up on an actual gate of like of a race, yeah, he pulled four out of four hole shots on me. I <laughs> he did. What? It. You know. He, Huh. The one I know it. The four times he gets good starts, they're all on me against you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, that's that's one thing we're really starting to push to is the starts because that's a really big deal. Yeah, especially with John for his speed when he needs to be up front, you've got to have a good start. Yeah, absolutely. Because I feel like his. I don't want to make this all about John, but I feel like his ability, like he could be easily on one of those satellite teams, like a Rock River or or a Star. He is absolutely fast enough. But his results, I think, are hurt most by a start. So, and he knows that. Yeah. But let's yeah, get back to you, man. Um, of all the tracks you've rode in your amateur career, what's the favorite track you've ever been to? The favorite track. Let me think here. That's that's a tough one. I I really really like Spring Creek, uh, Millville. Sweet yeah. Minnesota. I I think that track is. Is that's probably I went there for regional in uh, 2015, and I think that is probably the most fun I've had on the track. I, I think that track is really fun. Yeah, they got the regional there coming up this weekend. Kathy and yep. Doc, they're leaving. Um, I guess tomorrow morning to head up there to go do, go try to do that. Yeah, yeah. No, Grant Grant left today, or he's leaving tomorrow morning too. Cool. Oh yeah, I've never been, but I'm supposed to go to the national there and i think i'm going up with chad mayo and i believe we're hauling my bike up there so i may get a chance to ride it on amateur day i'm hoping that yeah go ahead oh it's definitely worth it honestly that's what i hear a lot of fun i'm hoping that the dirt out at underground is somewhere close because he's coming doc's coming off an injury and he's i just just want to get the qualifying out of the way yeah no that that up there it it is it's really rough and it's really square edged oh great it doesn't it doesn't seem like there's a like there's there's the turns are pretty rutted, but it, it's just all around a rough track. Oh wow! Well, I hear it's so, a lot of fun, so I'm really looking forward to it. Oh yeah, it's it's I like that one for sure. That's probably my favorite. Well, besides the best track, what was the best race you've ever had? Did you ever have a particular not maybe not even a race you won, but the most fun battling with somebody or something that just sticks out an experience that was top notch? Um, you know. I'd like to say I think that I think my regional last year was uh, was a lot of fun at uh, Freestone. I uh, I think that was probably one of the most fun races in the 250A class. I didn't quite get the whole shot, uh, but every moto, me and and Tyler Rosa from California, we battled and, and I ended up getting the win in all three motos, and that was for me. I thought that was really cool to get to sleep a three moto format at a yeah. regional and she did the a so I, I, I think that one's for sure at freestone last year for the regional yeah, that sounds cool man yeah I, I wish they would show more amateur stuff on tv you know it's it kind of there's so much good racing that we hear about and we miss out on seeing you guys the up-and-coming guys battle other than like the reddas i guess and then the js7 race they televised a lot of that didn't they tj mm-hmm. yeah but i wish i wish there was places to see you guys race more often 
Yeah. Yeah, especially with yeah. the way that that the internet's coming along and, yeah. and these all these smaller video companies coming up, I think we're going to see more and more of that. That'd be good. I, I, and I said the same thing to Gary Sutherland about the uh, the off road races, like the works races and the hare and hound. I mean, I wish that'd be those that'd be guys run just, like a hundred mile loops. Yeah, but, they're going to wait like five minutes, and here well, he comes, and even there he if goes. They could just edit it all together where you see pieces. Like those guys are doing some killer stuff, and we right. don't. The only thing that's ever televised is Supercross and, the, and motocross, and the GNCC is. Well, yeah. I guess that is a little bit. Quick crying. Anyway, Ryder, man, hey, again, I appreciate you taking some time to come on and talk to us tonight. Um, I've been meaning to get you on here for a long time, and, you know, I I was glad to finally get get it set up and get you on here and hear what you got going, and um, can't wait to see you up in Tennessee and hopefully see you make a a main or a moto. Yes. Yeah, no, that'd be awesome. I I really appreciate you having me. Had some fun. Absolutely. Uh, Definitely be in Tennessee. Besides who? Besides your parents, real quick. Who all's helping you out? Who's giving you the support to get you to these races? Um, we've got uh, Sean Hackley, one five two crew, uh, Maxim Honda Yamaha, Jason up there, uh, JC from Moto Graphics really helping me out, and uh, Shock Socks, Burn Fox, and uh, Murray's Racing. Awesome. So those, those are the guys that are behind it. That's great, Ryder. Man, again, like I said, thank you so much for some time tonight. We appreciate it. And uh, after after you make your first race, which which in Tennessee, we'll have you back on. Let's talk about it. That sounds, sounds like a plan. Hopefully, we can get it done in Tennessee next weekend. Absolutely, man. I'll be there, and I'll uh, I'll come say hi. Hey, have a safe trip there, brother. Yes, sir. Thank you all very much. I'll talk to you all soon. All right, Ryder. Take it easy. All right, bye. Man, it's been cool watching that kid. Yeah. Like over the past few years, just get faster and faster. He's, I mean, any top local Texan has had to battle with Ryder Floyd. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. He's, I mean, been, he's come been coming Texas. up for a while, and yeah, yeah. It's, so it's great seeing it. You know, I mean, it's it's pretty cool because it it makes me feel old because it doesn't seem like it was that long ago. He was out there on like 65 or whatever. Yeah, so I didn't. Rem- I don't remember that him on, at those ages yeah. right now. It might have been 80s, yeah. 85s when he first started coming out to Michael's house, but still, it just doesn't seem like it was that long ago. Michael so, yeah. Dean Gage. Yeah, I, you don't really see... Ryder's a little more aggressive than what Michael's style is. Yeah, but. well, Michael was just... He's so good at teaching technique. I know. And a lot of kids don't want to do that. Like, he doesn't put them on a track where they go jump. He puts them on string line drills. I know. Over and over and over and over and over. But... It makes a difference. Yeah, you got, it, it, it will. It'll help you with your technique, which is really the key. Well, what what it did for what it did for Doc was he was getting to the point where he was going faster and faster, and he was wrecking a lot mm. because he was going so fast, you know, making the next step. Right, and it like fixed that. Yeah, I know it sounds silly to say no. that, but it just you got to learn to use your controls he, in the right way to yeah. sit and all that, and that's what he believes in, and it it's what he was taught at the schools he went to. So, so I'm gonna keep an eye on him for like yeah. like uh, I wonder if he can watch qualifying maybe for a fantasy. A, yeah, I was just thinking that when he was talking. <laughs> I was like, ooh, that would be a hell of a pick on Because you know he's going to be a 16. Yeah. You know I mean? it, yeah. yeah. All right, guys. We're going to go to our first commercial break of the night, and we will be back with Vanessa O'Brien. Hey, Kylie. Does your husband have to deal with leaking shafts? No way, Kathy. He uses Shock Socks, the original and number one 10-second removable fork sill protector. Looks like the best way to keep grit and grime out of your fork seals. So if you don't want the headache and expense of constantly replacing fork seals, get Shock Socks. Go to shocksocks.com and visit them on Facebook to pick your color. 
And don't forget, they are available for street bikes too. If you're in the Dallas-Fort Worth area and you need an amazing deal on a residential or commercial roofing job, or if you just need a new fence, a custom patio, a pergola, or even a new metal building, Five Star Roofing of Texas is who you need to call. Chad Mayo and his crew will knock it out of the park for you just as easily as JS7 blitzes a set of whoops. He even offers a moto discount and is a proud sponsor of our friend, John Short. Chad is a true moto head and does incredible work, so give Five Star Roofing of Texas a call at 214-402-8565 or check them out at www.5starroofingoftexas.com or on Instagram at 5 Star Roofing of Texas. And that's the word five, F-I-V-E. So check them out, call Chad Mayo, and get a great deal. Tell them Moto X-Pod sent you. Darkside here. Are you guys in the market for a set of new custom graphics? Are you tired of the same old basic layouts the big box companies offer? Well, if so, then you need to check out MX Girl Designs. From custom graphic kits, stickers, reproductions, and even vintage, MX Girl does it all. Call or text Char at 936-828-1472 or email Char, C-H-A-R, at mxgirl.com, and that's mxgirl, G-U-R-L, and tell her Moto X-Pod sent you. You got the one snowman on me, bound and down. Hey guys, Muscle Mark here. I want to introduce you to my friends over at York Welling and Fab. From new construction, truck beds, barbecue grills, and anything else you can come up with, York Welding and Fab has you covered. With deep motocross roots and 20 plus years experience, York Welding and Fab is a brand you can put your trust in. Call Carl at 903-780-7369. That's 903-780-7369 and tell him Moto X Pod sent you. All right, guys, we are back, and our next guest is brought to you by Five Star Roofing of Texas. If you need any residential commercial work done in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, oh, I'm, I'm stuttering already, I'm tongue-tied. Anyway, they do composite or metal roofs, fences, custom patios, pergolas, or even metal buildings. Contact Chad Mayo at Five Star Roofing of Texas at fivestarroofingoftexas.com or at 214-402-8565. They are a proud sponsor of Privateer John Short, and they give a moto discount. Our next guest is Monster Energy Kawasaki's PR woman, the beautiful Vanessa O'Brien. Vanessa, how are you? I'm doing well, and don't worry about stuttering. I have that effect on most people. So yeah, I'm about to say your PR. You probably don't have to worry about that. You probably got it down. No stuttering. Just so we shouldn't have any. <laughs> no, no, no. That's why I'm behind the camera. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's right. She, Vanessa's been somewhat nervous about this. She's been like, nobody wants to hear. Nobody's going to want to hear me. And I, I told her that same thing Julie Forkner said, and and Keely Baggett said the same thing. And then like that, those are our most talked oh, about shows. Exactly. No one wants to hear about the writers. Well, every, you know, Mathis, <laughs> Steve Mathis does a great job of talking to all those guys. And so when we get the, the wives or the behind the scenes people like you, Vanessa, it, everybody seems to like that. Cause it makes our show better yeah. than his, right? Is that what you're saying? The no. team wife. <laughs> yeah. Our show is not better than Pulp. That's for sure. TJ, but, uh, hey. anyway, Vanessa, no comment. well, <laughs> We're we're all big fans of Steve, so we uh, that's probably why we do this is because we're such big fans of Pulp. But anyway, um, Vanessa, so how long have you worked for Kawasaki? Um, a little over a year now. Okay, so what were you doing yep. before that? Well, I'm a story kind of, but um, so 
I think I had mentioned it to you. I moved over to California from Texas. And uh, while I was in Texas, I did a little bit of broadcast stuff. Um, and then I also did a little bit of PR as well. Um, it, so it was definitely a change to get into the motorsports mm-hmm. industry. And um, But before, I worked with you know the normal sports that I grew up in, which was football, basketball, baseball. Awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, so it was a brand new, it's a whole new world for me whenever I got into this industry. So did you like answer an ad somewhere but like kawasaki you know or was it like a friend of a friend how did how did somebody who was getting into the ball sports sticking ball stop sticking ball sports stuff, tj doesn't watch other sports i don't watch other sports and then <laughs> and then how did the, how did that transition into hey i'm gonna go work for a dirt bike company <laughs> well uh there's a lot of internal connections that i have for sure um so i mean there's always that but um, mostly, actually, my my husband, he works for Kawasaki as the marketing department, the marketing manager. And so um, before he started there, he actually didn't work with bikes or anything like that either. But I'm one of those people who is, um, when I get into something, I put 100% into it and I commit. So I, you know, I was a fan of Supercross and I just started learning more and more and became just you know, that super fan. Yeah. <laughs> and um, whenever I heard that Tony Gardia, my boss for Next Level Sports Management, he um, had an open position for, you know, this PR management position to work with the athletes and everything, I was like, oh, that's perfect. Um, awesome. You know, I moved out to California. Yeah, looking for, you know, another role in this industry. And whenever I moved out here, I was set up with somebody out in L.A. to do more, like, sideline stuff that I was doing. But camera face and uh, our front face and I was I just I had realized whenever I moved out here I was like you know what I hate being in front of this camera. <laughs> so I really wanted to pursue more of the PR route and I just thought this was the perfect opportunity and um at the end of the day you know I just say this all the time to the people who are surprised by getting into this industry uh, because you know everybody in this industry pretty much grows up in this you know right, they live right. breathe it and it's something that they just know. For me, my job, it's everything else that you need the experience and you need the knowledge in, and then you can learn any sport. I could teach you football. I could teach you basketball, you know, and no, I'm not going to say I know everything about this sport. Right. It's still a, I learn something new every single day, but that's what I love about it, you know. It's, it's challenging, and it's, um, it's new, and it's fresh, and so I've learned to appreciate it so much, and... Um, yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, so you said you were you were kind of a fan of Supercross. So then, when you got the job working for Kawasaki, were you sort of in awe when you first started getting to go work with these athletes, or was that not a big deal to you? Like, I, I don't. I mean, hate. You, not, I don't mean like <laughs> nah, it's no big deal, but you know what I mean. Were you were you starstruck oh, yeah. at all? You know, I hate to say this because I think a lot of people kind of take it the wrong way. But for me, it was never a like starstruck kind of moment. Like right. I didn't really know the athletes I knew, okay. you know, who rode on the green bike, basically. Right, right. And then on top of that, you know, I've worked with professional athletes for a few years prior to this, and I, I've i been so used to, like, meeting, you know, celebrities and all these other, you know, professional athletes, like I said, and um, it just, it was never one of those things for me. Like, if, to be honest, most 
like um, famous people that I meet, I'm disappointed. So <laughs> I almost prefer not to meet them. Right, okay. Yeah, never meet yeah. your heroes. Hey, so I had a question. Yeah, exactly. From somebody who's coming sure. from the outside of the industry, what um, yeah. what's changed now that you have such an insight now? Because from your job, you know probably more inside than a lot of the media people do, I guess you'd say. But <laughs> So what's changed your perspective from when you first started dealing with the uh, Kawasaki's PR stuff to now? Where do I begin? <laughs> no. uh, one of the major things that I like, I preach to the people that I worked with prior to coming into this industry is, you know, when I first started watching this sport, when I went to Supercross and everything, I was like, oh, I could do that. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it's just so me, like everything, I grew up playing sports and everything, so I was just like this confident person that like in my head, if I, like, I say that I can do anything. Right. And so I would literally, I went out and I went out of KS and I was like, I'm going to do this. And I, you know, I had fun with it, but I was never on a 450 or anything. So, you know. That's, <laughs> that's funny. Like, the scale. <laughs> but my biggest thing is, um, it's so hard. The hardest thing for me now is to watch, you know, the regular sports that I've always, you know, reported on or watched or anything because, I can't take any of the athletes serious anymore. I look at the, the toughness and the, the skill level and the everything that goes into, you know, this sport. It's it's incredible, the strength and, and um, you know, the power that they have to fight through. I mean, I remember going, I worked with the Spurs quite a bit, and um, they, you know, some of them, they would be, like, I would always laugh about this because um, I'd give Popovich such a hard time whenever we would go and interview him. I'd be like, why are um, – it was in the preseason and stuff. He wouldn't have uh, Tony and Ginobili and, um, you know, Duncan, some of the main guys, he wouldn't have them travel. And I'd be like, why aren't you having these key players travel? And he would say, they're old. <laughs> and I would laugh because it was kind of like they're just tired. And these guys, they'll go out, you know, Eli, Austin, like all of our PC guys, I mean, all of them, they, they could break ribs, they could, they're breaking bones, they're still jumping on their bike and riding, you yeah. know, it's just incredible what they do. So, so motocross has ruined all other men for you, is what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes. I, I was looking through your Instagram, you know, to see if you rode, and I saw the picture of you on the KX, and I thought that was kind of cool. And one of my questions, which is kind of an a- answered was I was going to ask if you had ever raced before because <laughs> I just found out, you know, one of your friends, uh, Manny, um, who works for Honda doing basically the same job you do, I believe. I didn't yeah. know that she was like a badass on a motorcycle until just like a week ago. Yeah, she's a badass. I mean, I've never raced and I've never even ridden with her or even talked about it with her, to be honest. But Yes, I've seen her stuff too. She she is definitely a badass. I mean, that's cool. That girl, incredible. Well, I, I'm still impressed that you went out and bought one, and you know, tried to tried to figure it out a little bit. And that's cool that you got yourself involved like that. And um, before we started recording, we were talking a little bit, so we'll start that over. Um, you know, I, I met you in St. Louis, and that was my mm-hmm. first ever interview, getting a first chance to get to talk to Eli because, like I said, we're we're a relatively new show and at the other races we had gone to, I kind of knew guys in certain on certain teams. So I would go to the TPJ guys or, or just whatever. I, I knew Austin Forkner, so I would go to Pro Circuit. And I never really got to the factory Kawasaki rig, and I finally got the nerve up at St. Louis 
And it was early Saturday morning. Eli hadn't gotten there yet. And I was kind of walking around, not sure who to talk to. And I think they pointed me to you. And I asked, hey, is there any, you know, can, will Eli have any time to talk to us? You looked at a schedule. And it just so happened that Eli walked around the corner at that moment. And you guys consulted and gave me a few minutes. And um, that was really cool. I really appreciate that because that was a really cool interview for me to get. And I was very nervous. <laughs> Well, of course, and I actually listened to that. Um, I thought you did a really good job. I was impressed with you, especially with me standing behind him most of the time going, hey, you've got two more minutes. Yeah, I always, <laughs> I, I tell my buddies the story that, you know, I think you told me, you know, I had, I don't know what you said, maybe five, ten minutes, whatever it was, and it felt like two minutes in you were giving me the wrap-up, and <laughs> he, he was answering, and you are like, you know, give me the wrap up. And he was like, give me like a long answer. And I was like, okay, yeah. I know I'm not asking any more questions, but I got to let him finish the yeah. answer. But, but it was still, it was, it really... was so funny. Cause it, I could tell that you had like a list of, you know, important questions that you really wanted to get out. And each question, it seemed like he was kind of long winded on it, but which was it cool. was good though. Cause it was good content. I know. And that's what I, that I was just about to say. I mean, it, it was good content because he really, I mean, you could tell that he was engaging with you and you had good questions where, it made it easy for it to flow. And I yeah. felt bad because it's not that I was trying to just wrap it up, but we had the track left. Yeah. Well, with, <laughs> trust me, we haven't been doing this very long, but I understand how busy those guys are on Saturday. So I, I don't ever get butt hurt by any of that kind of stuff. Or I, I'm, I understand when they say no, I, you know, Chad Reed kind of blew me off on press day and I, but I, I don't get upset about it. Just, oh. It is what it is. You know, and I know that those guys, you know, Eli, we kind of know Eli as a, um, he's kind of a private person, I think. And I don't think he totally enjoys the, the interviews, <laughs> you know, he's focused and that that's fair. That's fine. That's who he is, but it's still nice. To, I, I got a few minutes with him and hopefully we'll have some time with him on an upcoming show if everything works out. And, and that's really all, you know, all we can be thankful for that. And I, I, but I was really glad to get a chance to get you on the show. You know, I didn't even think to ask you when we were first texting back and forth about Eli, but I thought, man, you know what? We've never had anybody on that does what you do. And I can only imagine the requests you get and how busy you are keeping <laughs> Eli and keeping Josh Grant or keeping Tyler Bowers, you know, or whoever's on the team at the time, keeping all those guys schedules in check. Right. Right. So yep. Jack Duran pro circuit and the team green, you know, uh, amateur writers. And then also, you know, working, coordinating with uh, marketing and sales and corporate side for Kawasaki, I mean, you name it. <laughs> yeah, that, you, that actually, what you just mentioned, I have a, a listener question. I'm trying to pull it up on my phone while I'm talking to you, but they were asking about, <laughs> all right, here it is right here. So one of our sponsors, Dane Evans, who is an Amsoil guy, um, he asks, how much does she, how much does she work with the younger riders under her umbrella coming up to con, uh, control or polish their media image? So do you work with those guys? Do you give them any... Do you have anything to do with talking to them before they do interviews to try to almost train them? Yeah, see, that was actually one of the big things whenever I first took on the job. Um, there was not too much involvement with the people like in my position with them. Right. Um, but that was one of my big pushes is, is um, I really want to be more involved in um, the coaching process and, and, and talking and developing those relationships where they can trust me and um, go through me just like some of the pros do. You know, some of them they don't have the time to respond to everybody and, and yeah. arrange things and all those kinds of things. So it's kind of nice to be that filter, or even if they don't want to do it, or you know. 
So, you know, I try my hardest to make those connections with the families, and it really ultimately comes down to, um, you know, first and foremost, depending on their age. I mean, if sure. they're some of the super young ones, of course, I have to make those relationships with the parents because that's who, you know, it's the monitor or, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, whoever it is, right? But um, for the most part, they've got a really great team manager, um, Ryan Holiday, who takes care of a lot of their stuff. But one of the things that, you know, we've all kind of wanted to incorporate more is people like Jeremy McGrath, who kind of talks to them and coaches them with how to say things, what to say, what to post, and those, those things. And so that's really awesome that we have him. Yeah. When we're at the event, I definitely, you know, that's when I'm a lot more hands-on. Whenever I get to go to, you know, the, the major um, amateur events where, you know, like VMS coming up, um, Loretta's and stuff like that, where it's, okay, guys, you need to post these pictures or here's, you know, stuff like that. Or some of them, you know, are more comfortable with me and they'll reach out to me and say, hey, I need a picture or something. I give them photos and assets and everything and I'll give them, um, you know, suggested copy for their social media platforms and okay. stuff like that. So, so, you know. So are you directly involved with guys like Ryder Francisco and Jet Reynolds? Well, more so their parents, but okay. I do have a really close bond with them. Like anytime we're yeah. all together, the Ryder re- is my little buddy. Yeah, the, that's <laughs> the reason I ask. Is Ryder's? He's one of my buddies too. Now at this point, I met him at um, <laughs> at the JS7 race out here in in Texas at Freestone, yeah. and um, they're big pulp. Him and Iku are big pulp listeners, and I'm a nerd. I call into pulp every week, so the listeners know. <laughs> That's kind of how they know who Darkside is because I call it his Darkside. So he and I, Ryder and I, kind of became little buddies, and uh, he came on our show, and and I talked to Jet too. But man, I, I really took a liking to to Ryder. He's a cool kid, and I text with him every once in a while and yeah. see how he's doing. And he was very, very good on the rate on the show, uh, you know, for his age. He seems like he's very. Yeah. His parents obviously are very good parents, and he was a well spoken kid. And a lot of these younger kids are. We're seeing. We talked to Carson Mumford and. Um, mm-hmm. and uh, a couple others, many other, uh, Hunter Yoder, and they just seem so, they seem to have so much more personality than some of the pros when we see them on TV. And, mm-hmm. and I don't know if they lose that because of the pressure and the money, you know, and, and I, that's one of the things I said to all those kids on our, um, when we had them on our show is, man, don't lose that fun. You know, they, they talk about practicing with each other and just having a good time and God, i hope they don't lose right. that because it's so it's it is a bummer you know when you see, hear these guys like dungy in the past that just or, or villapoto back in the day that just didn't seem like they loved what they were doing anymore right i think you know a lot of it comes from you know a lot of these kids they don't well i think from back in the day you know they didn't really look at it as um almost like a platform. They don't look at it as anything other than they're racing that day or that weekend, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then there's people that are game changers who, like I mentioned, Jeremy McGrath, I mean, he is just one of the most fantastic um, guys that could turn it into something more, something greater. And um, he's extremely involved in, um, you know, developing or like turning it into you know, just being like the front face of, he's one of our um, brand ambassadors, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that a lot of kids these days are now seeing what you can do um, if you have a little more, like if you're showing your personality, if you're 
you know, posting appropriate things on social media or, you know, things like that. And I think another person who does a really good job of um, teaching that is, and who's currently in the game is um, one of our guys, Adam. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Fantastic at it. So. Absolutely. That actually brings me to a question I was going to ask about. I have, <laughs> okay. I have a son who I have a son who's an amateur writer trying to trying to make his way up and I talk to him a lot about social media presence. And he's a team green writer. Uh yeah, he's a, he's an amateur support oh, awesome. team green writer, but he um I talked to him about that, you know, the PR stuff get out there and 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 post stuff and and I was going to and Adam's, I, I, and I, I do that all the time. AC's account. I said, go look at what Adam's doing. Do that. Do that because so much more nowadays it has to do with, you know, what can you offer a team as far as exposure? I mean, that's the whole point we do this. And I was going to kind of yep. ask you, I guess in a way you kind of answered it, what should the kids do? Like, cause we have a lot of, you know, amateur writers that listen to the show and whatnot. And what all could they, what would you, advice you'd give them from an actual PR person? Well, first and foremost, I think, obviously, ride. <laughs> um, but I think that the other stuff kind of follows. I think that if I, Adam, in his case, I think that he's just such a goofball. And he, um, he just, he's good. He's great at showing and showcasing his personality, and it does bring so, like what you were saying, it, gives, it brings so much more to the brand, you know? It's He's likable, and it makes you want to um, root for him and watch him. And then that kind of, you know, trickles down to your, what bike does he ride? And then, oh, it's for that brand, or you know. And so it, it's so much more. Um, so I think that I mean the more that these guys can can keep in mind, you know, what they're putting out there lasts forever. But at the same time, be you know. I know it's going to sound cheesy, but be themselves. And if don't be intimidated or think that, oh, it's silly to be, you know, to put the videos out there or like how Adam does his, um, his little uh, vlogs. And, yeah, he, yeah. Does, he does all of those. And people are so interested in even his downtime. I mean, he's not even racing right now. And people right. still care about what is going on in his life. And um, it's, it's important for all of athletes across the board or people across the board is, People become a fan of you because of you. It's not just because of, you know, whatever you're wearing, or what, you know, blah, 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 you know. And that's the big thing about Kawasaki is that we we do, we take pride in our athletes because they are, they're the front face of, you know, they're the ones connecting our fans, to, you know, to our brand, you know. So if they're out there and they're, you know, doing a good job posting things on social media or, um you know, you make the fans want to like you, um, they start liking the brand. I mean, it just, it, Absolutely. Right. Yeah, it yeah. just happens, you know? Like, <laughs> it's organic. <laughs> so you talk about, like, the athletes getting out there and the fan, bringing in fans and whatnot. What is a sport yep. like, kind of changing gears a little bit, what is a sport like motocross? I mean, it obviously it opened your eyes as you were kind of, I don't know if you say forced into it, but kind of, forced into the to learning the sport, but what does it have to do to get on ESPN and be, you know what I mean? And do you think that it would ever happen? Um, 
what do they need to do? Well, like, so, so yeah, like, like, what is, like, what needs to happen for motocross as a sport to be, like, on the mainstream, the mainstream, more mainstream. The mainstream right. sports news is, you know, news like NASCAR, well, NASCAR gets on those show, you know, Sports Center, but motocross really doesn't make those headlines very often. It is a small right. niche sport. So, you know, right. do you think it's, what do you think it'd take from the sport itself or maybe the, the athletes to help get it more publicized? You know, it, I think that there's a lot of elements that go into it, and it, it makes it kind of difficult because with a lot of, and I've had these conversations with people, um, especially when I'm trying to like arrange, you know, media appearances and stuff like that, because it comes down to a lot of, a lot of times I think that you build, you know, the, the presence of this sport by making those appearances. And unfortunately for this or it's hard to make those appearances as much as somebody like from my from my um, you know past with the NBA. If they ever needed an appearance by somebody, you've got the athlete. That's all that needs to go. That's all that needs to show up. And right. with with motocross, supercross, all these things, like you have to bring in a bike, you have to bring in equipment, you have to bring in a, a, a huge team of people that make it all go and make it all happen, you know? And yeah. um, it, that costs a lot of money, you know? Yeah, <laughs> in, no doubt. Like, in most, right? And so in most sports, I mean, you're looking at people, um, like, you're looking at the athletes, and you're, it, it's just such a, it's so different, but so, it's similar also, but, I mean, you look at stuff, and you're looking at some athletes, and they're selling shoes because they're wearing them or something, or they're, you know, whatever it is. But yeah, yeah. With these athletes, I mean, they're on a product that it, it's built off of a company that, that that's who's funding this pretty much, uh, not the whole thing, but one of it is a company that has a bike that is, you know, funding this. And so it takes a lot of money to make those appearances happen and stuff. And I think that ultimately that would create more of, you know, the... Hype. I think it would. I mean, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's just, it's hard because, sure. yeah, like I mentioned, it costs a lot. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, I think Mathis talks about this a lot. He, you know, he's just, he's how we refer to him a lot because he's our kind of our, our go to. But, yeah. you know, it, any kid can go down to Walmart, get a football, and then go out and have a backyard football game or, or a bat right. and a glove. And you can, but not just any kid can go grab a couple dirt bikes and go have a track and go ride. It's, it's it's right. a, there is a big difference and it it may always be a small niche sport. You know, NASCAR is big maybe because people can relate to driving a car, you know. I mean, it's there's right. a difference and and I see that and it's disappointing. I think our sports come a long way in the last 20 years, but then at the same time it really yeah. hasn't come a long way compared to other sports. But you know, it is what it is. We love it and we'll keep being a part of it. <clears throat> Right. Um, I think it's shows like this that will help as well. <laughs> well, thank you. That makes <laughs> you're welcome. Boosting our egos. Heck yeah! This this show is going to save <laughs> motocross. <laughs> yes, it will. Especially if you uh, re- think- especially if you retweet this later. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. No problem. Uh, so hey, Vanessa, what what's the strangest request you've ever gotten for a rider? I mean, as far as. <laughs> You know, I, I asked for a few minutes of Eli's time, but, I mean, what what's the strangest thing anybody's ever asked of you? Oh, gosh. I've had some very strange things requested. Um, one that, for some crazy reason, keeps popping up in my head, though, and it's not, like, the craziest story, so mm-hmm. don't hold your breath here. Okay. But, <laughs> um, 
there was a one sweet girl. She came up to me, and it was she needed to get an autograph from Eli, and it had to be from him. And she had told me that her boyfriend, her long-term boyfriend, was going to propose to her, and she he was going to take her ring away if he if she didn't get this autograph. And I'm thinking, haha, no, no, that's hilarious. And she's like, I'm not kidding. And she takes off. She comes back with him, and he, I mean, straight face, and I'm a pretty sarcastic person, so the whole time I was laughing, and, like, he continued to have this straight face, and he pulled her straight up. He said, wedding is off until you get the autograph. I mean, it was the weirdest thing, and they stayed out in front of our truck all night because they were doing Supercross, and they did not leave, and it was, it was the most bizarre thing that had ever happened. They continued to, like, yell out our names. They were like, so many, like, our mechanics names. They, I mean, it was, it was bizarre. I mean, it's... <laughs> people, are, I mean, people are strange. Things, I know. So, hopefully they, they made it work, but, you know, I mean, <laughs> yeah. came around. So. Wow. Um, sorry, guys. <laughs> yeah. Hope that wedding has worked out. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, we've, I mean, we've had some strange things. Yeah. There's people that have, like, items of clothing, wink, wink. Um, that they've asked me to get signed. Um. Well, how about request? Like request. I know people want jerseys. Hell, I've asked for jerseys, but do it. Does anybody ever oh, said yeah. like, you know, can I? You know, okay. Has anybody ever asked for say a rider's underwear or anything weird like that? Um. Yes. Wow. I, I thought I was reaching. Yeah. Wow. No, that's, a, that's absolutely well, happening. I'll tell you right now, TJ would definitely take Blake Baggett's underwear. Well, okay, if he, especially if he signed them. Blake Baggett's the man. I'm just telling you. It'd have to be like... He yeah. might get a little weirded out if I go and ask. Yeah, him. and I, I'd probably take... I, I'm a... Ch- Kyle Chisholm's my guy, so I am I'm, I don't know that I'd want his underwear, though. Yeah. I, I just know how I know how bad my knee braces smell. I'd hate to have a pair of somebody's old, you know, riding underwear. That'd be, that's pretty bad. But anyway, I, I interrupted oh you. You were, you were kind of telling the story, I think. Oh. Uh, who knows, right? Oh, I just yeah, <laughs> about the underwear. But, but somebody has asked though. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. Oh, I know what I know what I was going to say. There's actually a, a funny story that goes around. I wasn't here for it, so this is just you know yeah. hearsay, I guess. But apparently, I've heard from a lot of credible people. But um, whenever Lotoro raced, he had an incident with his clothing and. It ended up going into the trash because he wasn't going to use it again. I'm not going to go into any further detail on that. Maybe some people know, but um, he threw it away in the trash, and they watched a fan go and grab it out of the trash and take off with it. That's too much. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, and it was... Yeah, that's really too much. Disgusting. That's pretty disgusting. <laughs> hey, I do have, I do have an. I mean, aut- that is how crazy these fans are. Oh, I, I can imagine. <laughs> I do have a glove autograph from Villapoto from the night he won his first Supercross race. That's cool. Oh, that's awesome. I didn't even realize that was there. I know. I yeah, just, it's I just, in our studio, and I didn't even know it. It's in the studio, just hanging there. It was from his very first Supercross win in Dallas. Right on. And he signed the glove and wrote first win on it. And it's not that's really awesome. legible. Yeah, that's really cool. <laughs> but yeah, I might steal that before I go home tonight. <laughs> I was eyeballing it now. So Vanessa, when I oh go ahead. Oh go ahead. 
and I was just going to um, say, when I first got into the sport, and I went to my very first Supercross, Gold Photo was actually there, because I went up to the suite, um, in a Kawasaki suite, and they had Gold Photo go in there, and again, I'm sorry, don't don't throw stones at me for this, but <laughs> I had no idea who the guy was, so <laughs> I, of course, you know, walk up to him, because everyone's like, oh, you need a photo with him, blah, 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 and I'm like, okay, who's this guy? And I, just before he came in, they had told me that he had his own shoe line going on or something. And so I was like, okay, well, somebody had him on. And he came in, and I was taking a picture with him. And I looked down, and I was like, what? You don't even wear your own shoe? And I was totally teasing him and everything. But then he leaves, you know, after he left and everything. We take a picture, he leaves. And everyone looks at me. Everybody is the sweet. And they go, do you even know who that is? And he was like... <laughs> Uh, yeah. That's RV. Well, the good thing is, is RV's quite a joker. Yeah. Like, yeah. especially when he's not having to race dirt bikes, he's yeah. actually actually a pretty right. funny guy. Everyone reminds me of, like, the ones that people say that, um, you know, don't talk or who, um, you know, they're a little more personal or whatever it is. But I feel like I have good relationships with all of those. Yeah. I mean, not RV. I don't really know him right. anymore or at all, but... You know, the ones that everybody's like, oh, yeah, don't worry about him. He won't talk to you or blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, that, that was easy. What are you talking about? <laughs> so, I don't know. Rumors. Right, exactly. Yeah, you, you got to go and experience it for yourself and see who these people are. And I mean, there's been, like I said, there's been a couple guys that I was nervous to talk to Eli. And once he started talking to me, he was... He was great, you know, so. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, yeah. I think he just, you know, I, he didn't know who I was at first, and he probably didn't trust me right <laughs> off the bat, but that. Right. And I and I understand that. That's I'm fair. surprised anybody does when they meet you in person. Yeah, I don't, I guess. <laughs> with my, I had hair in me, to be honest. <laughs> well, that's, that's, <laughs> I, that, Mathis has made a big deal out of that. There's actually a Twitter account called Dark Sides Ponytail that. No. Yeah, he, no, at is. Dallas, we, I was up in the press box and he and Jason Weingat were down the other end. And I guess they were talking about it all night. So when we get in the elevator, we'd said, yeah, man, if there was a fire, we could repel down your ponytail. And, <laughs> and then it just became a thing on the pulp MX and somebody started the account and actually weeds threw it into the Hangtown um, The show. Oh, the show. <laughs> yeah. He's, yeah. He said, Justin Barsha was riding that thing like dark sides ponytail. And nah, I was so, good. <laughs> Yeah, it's. They, those, I'm gonna get that going again. Yeah, please do because it helps us out. Our our show listeners <laughs> go up, so I don't. Yeah, we don't even we don't even like uh, Jamie that much. We just yeah, he yeah. gets so good for like social media that yeah. Yeah, the hair. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm actually about to cut some of it off, but my fiance is kind of battling on me, battling me about it. But uh, anyway, let's. Oh no. So before we get this thing wrapped up, you had mentioned being from Texas. What part of Texas are you from? Um, small town outside of Austin, Wimberley. Okay, all right. I love the Austin area. Austin area is awesome. Yeah. Everybody who's from Texas is like, when someone says Austin area, they're like, oh, it's nice. Yeah. There. Well, it's I'm from California yeah. originally, and that's the only place that reminds me at all of California because of the music oh. scene. So I'm from San Diego. Well, yeah, I guess like. Uh, downtown Austin. I mean, certain areas of Austin, for sure. Every time I tell somebody I'm from the Austin area, or like, I, I always have to specify, I'm from the Austin area. Right, Austin, right, right. Because I'm, like, country town. Like, not many people, small town, like, yeah. 
my dad was a football coach, so oh, I've cool. hometown would like close down, like <laughs> yeah, like not Austin. I understand. I understand. I do like Austin a lot, though. But Vanessa, we yeah. got to wrap this up. But I really, I still have yeah. a lot of questions I'd like to be ask you. So maybe you know, maybe uh, I'll be up at uh, Muddy Creek in Tennessee in a couple weeks, awesome. week and a half, and maybe awesome. I can get a few minutes of your time and we'll we'll do a little on the on the nope. No, I'm just nope. <laughs> she <laughs> said, nope. Shut down. Well, all right then. Yeah. Forget it. I'll go find. Ma- I'll go find Mandy Fontaine instead. That's right. <laughs> Good luck. Yeah, she, she's she's kind of scary when she's working. <laughs> so am I. <laughs> you know, you were you were a lot easier to talk to than she was. She, I mean, she didn't. She really wasn't mean, but she was very very serious, <laughs> and she scared That's me. That's so funny. Typically, like she's smiling, and I've got like race face on. Yeah, so you must have caught me in a good mood. <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. Well, I'll I'll see you in about a week and a half, and um, yeah, okay. and and hopefully we can get this Eli thing lined up for the show, and we'll get some time with him. And I don't know if we need to now. We yeah, got her on the good. show. That was I think it was plenty. <laughs> did, did I not tell you this would be fun though? Permanent residence. <laughs> did, did I not tell you you would um, have fun? Yes, this was a lot of fun. Thank you so much for. Um, the invite and of course. I, yeah, I really enjoyed it. And then, yep, I'm still working on Eli thing as well as um, if you want any of the PC guys, let me know. Okay. Yeah, awesome. awesome. Yeah, because we've never talked to AC. Um, I've never talked to Savachi. I have, I have a business card from Next Level for one of the guys that represented him, but I never got a response. So. I should probably shouldn't have said that on here, but <laughs> no uh, comment. Yeah. <laughs> well, I know everybody's busy, but yeah, uh, you know, Austin's really. Austin, we've kind of become buddies with, so he he answers pretty much whenever I ask yeah. him to. But yeah, but yeah, we'll I'll definitely cool. hit you up and we'll try to work some things out and um and we'll see okay. I'll see you in about a week and a couple of days, I guess. Sounds good. Be an awesome interview. Yeah. Perfect. Well, thank you all so much again. Absolutely, Vanessa. Thank you so much for your time and you have a good night. And like I said, I'll talk to you soon. Alrighty. All right. Thanks. Well, that was cool. That was a lot of Dude, fun. She is like like it's so so interesting. Like with some of the some of the guests we get on, you're like, oh man, I hope this turns out okay. Yeah. They've all turned out actually really well. Because I knew I just at this point know that if we get one of the women on, it's gonna be good. <laughs> and and also just I mean not even just that, it's just the fact that she comes from no moto background and yeah. is and, and coming to the sport and just hearing the, her eyes be open to some of the stuff is it's pretty interesting to me at least. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, but I just I knew like I could tell from text the text messages trying to set up the stuff with Eli and and some of the stuff she was posting on their Twitter her Twitter page or not Twitter but Instagram. Yeah, and the the Kawasaki Instagram. I could tell that she's a fun person and like I knew it was going to be good once she got going. So yeah, all right, guys, we're gonna take uh, another quick little break and we will be back with Cameron. What, dang it, I don't have it. Uh, Cameron Nimella. Nimella. He says it. He told me how to say it. I should well, have paid I'll more attention. I'll ask him for sure, but it's <laughs> not Nyamella. Cameron Nyamella. All right. All right. Hey, guys. Darkside, and we are back. DJ TJ in studio. Uh, we're up with our next guest, who is brought to you by... Mad Jack Synthetics. Dane Evans and Mad Jack Synthetics is an independent dealer of Amsoil Synthetic Oils. They are riders and racers just and just all-around fans of dirt bikes. Dane Evans is nationwide with customers and warehouses all across the USA and Canada. Contact Mad Jacks at 805-531-9551 or follow them on Facebook and Instagram. And up next is Cameron Nimola. 
He has a YouTube channel. Um, it's all about dirt bikes and working on dirt bikes. And uh, Cameron, how you doing tonight, man? I'm doing pretty good. How about you, pal? Doing real good. So TJ, uh, TJ's the mechanic of our group for sure. Yeah. And yeah. he's been uh, raving about your YouTube channel and, and and sent us a link, me and Mark, who's not in studio tonight, but we checked it out. And you do a whole bunch of stuff that I don't understand, but <laughs> but now I know somebody that does understand. So, yeah, man, tell us tell us a little bit about how you got started doing the YouTube stuff. Yeah, so the YouTube thing started uh, back in high school, actually. So just tinker around on bikes and that whole deal and decided to put it online. I was, like, always super shy. And I was like, why not film it and get out of my comfort zone a little bit, put something on YouTube. And that actually, that first video is actually still up there. It really? is, is god-awful, man. But <laughs> I know, I watched it. Was, it. Uh, we, we talked about yeah. that the other day. <laughs> yeah, probably, it was the, uh, the tire changing video. Man, yeah. that one, that was pretty bad. But well, What was so yeah, bad was about start. it? Oh, just compared have to you, have you know, you where heard our right le- now. Did you ever hear our first shows? Yeah, I listened to him. It was, about, it was a lot like uh, that. Okay, just, well, I didn't know if it was yeah. video quality or just the commentating or all of the above. I think it was just all of it, man. The quality <laughs> was, was terrible. Audio was garbage. And I hear you. I was like, you know, dropping tools in the middle of it and messing <laughs> stuff up. and Yeah. You know how it goes. But, uh, yeah, I got to start somewhere and led me to uh, where I'm at today. So Yeah, well, it looks like you have, if, if I look correctly, you have 201 videos up and 78,700 subscribers. Yeah. Can yeah, you, really can you get us off. half of those? Yeah, just... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you're... Oh, you should, go ahead. You want, you, want, you want to buy a few? Oh. oh. <laughs> that one's awesome. um, hmm. TJ? No. Um, you're the accountant. I'm the accountant. No, that's my wife. <laughs> oh, she, well, she's the accountant. She's not in here. So your your cinema quality is like awesome. The videos, your stuff you do. Now you started off like basically started your own business at one point in time before you did the YouTube stuff. Can you talk about that? Yeah, yeah, correct. So I had a uh, had a parts business. Started that at thirteen, and uh, so basically what I was doing I was like, I was taking whole bikes, splitting them down, selling each part individually online. You know, shipping this stuff overseas and all around the world. Did that from. 13 up until this year i don't really do a whole lot with it anymore but uh so that kind of held me through that's the only job i've actually ever had in my life wow well it's i know the only only source of income how old were Go you ahead. when you started that Is it like 13 yeah 13 12 that's 13 impressive. so this is uh 2006 i want to say yeah and uh yeah it helped me over pretty good Pretty sure at 13, I was still playing with my Star Wars toys at, in, in secret. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm in the same boat. Yeah, I just took an interest in dirt bikes and uh, really wanted to take it places. And and uh, it's cool to see where it's brought me. Well, we usually ask, and we'll ask you too, what got you started in the dirt bikes? Did you have family that rode, or what, got, what started your love affair with dirt bikes? Oh, man, that's a good question. I'll take it way back. Um Let's see here. I believe before I was 10, my dad got a uh, some mini bikes, like the shock bikes from uh, a garage sale. They didn't run. I would right. sit on them all the time and act like I was riding and whatnot. And uh, our neighbor actually had a dirt bike, so we always wanted to get one all right. along. And then eventually, my brothers and I scraped up enough pennies to go and get one. I think we paid like 100 bucks for one, like an XR80. And... Uh, so we all pulled our money together, bought this bike, and shared it for a couple of years, and uh, then we all went and bought our own bikes after that. 
so, so it, was, it was more just like seeing our neighbor and yeah thinking it was cool in the garage so did yeah. you did you start racing is that where you like 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 at that point in time or when you got older got your own bikes or actually didn't start racing until many years later i wasn't uh, supported by my parents at all and Oh, they okay. definitely didn't, didn't support us in racing and all that, so I had to do it on my own. So when I turned 16, that's when I was able to do it. And I did, uh, let's see, maybe like a year and a half of racing, just local level, nothing serious. Right. And uh, so that was kind of the extent of it. And, I mean, hopefully I can do more of it. Like, I was thinking about this when I was in Colorado watching that 125 all-star race. I'm like, I would kill to be out there. Yeah, that's what I'm riding a 125 myself right now. So I really dig watching those videos, and mm-hmm. and they're just so much fun. Obviously, I would not want to ride one at altitude because I'm kind of fat. I'm like 200 pounds, <laughs> and so that's a little much for one up there in altitude. But man, I've had so much fun on it. And then watching your two-stroke builds, dude, that 250 you're building is going to be it's going to be next level. It's not going to be rideable. It's going to be too nice. <laughs> yeah, I'm tempted to hang it up on the wall and does not even uh, not even start the thing, but. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna give her hell. That's for sure. And I mean, just run her run her through the ringer, see how she holds up. Yeah. So but, you're uh, going through replacing like everything. I mean, is there anything that you're not putting your hands on on that bike? I believe everything has been touched. So it is uh, definitely been molested. You could say definitely. Well, I mean, all the bearings, all the seals, everything's you know modified or cleaned up in some way or coated and damn just. Uh, as I'm as I'm taking it through the process, I'm just you know finding ways to make it better, do this and do that, and well, the, so it's been a really cool project. The coolest thing about watching your projects and watching you do stuff is, and, and I'm I'm a I'm a gearhead. I'm really big and I build a lot of cars. I've built motor street bikes, dirt bikes. I'm a mechanic, but watching the stuff and some of like the coatings you're doing and watching you do those things, it's like I could do that. I could build me <laughs> uh, a powder coat oven and do that i know i I can but it's cool watching somebody because not only are you doing you're learning and you're showing everybody that at the same time so that that is awesome yeah i'm I'm not good at that kind of stuff at all no i don't have the patience for it um, (laughs) yeah you gotta have some patience for sure definitely it's it's funny like the uh the powder coat and seracoating like ceramic coating videos i actually had never done some of that stuff before and I completely learned it throughout the video, like you guys said. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing here, but, you know, I'll video the process of it, and hopefully I don't mess it up too bad. And, you know, just showing, my, like, my mistakes and showing the process of it, people love it. Yeah. It's pretty yeah. cool. So you've been doing this, the, the video, since you were 13, but did you get your mechanical, um, I guess, knowledge and, and experience, did you do that just all self-taught, or was your dad mechanically inclined, or how, how did that start? Yeah, yeah, so my my dad's really good with cars, and my brothers are really into the car side of things. Okay. I picked up a lot of stuff from them, and, uh, you know, just general mechanic, you know, how-to, that kind of thing. And then as far as motorcycle-specific, I that's a lot just self-taught and just going out and making mistakes. and yeah. You know, trying this, trying that, and, you know, finding out what works. And also YouTube, you know, I get on there and I'll watch some stuff from time to time and kind of pick up tricks in there, too. Yeah, so I'm, like I've told you before, and I've said it, big into watching. I mean, I probably subscribe to like 30 different YouTube channels (laughs) about cars and motorcycles and everything. But um, 
now that you with you doing that, do you even spend much time watching the stuff on YouTube, or is is it like oh, you don't want to deal with it? Yeah, yeah. I I went from uh, viewer to creator now, and I don't, I can't really spend a whole lot of time watching other people's <laughs> stuff. I have just a couple select channels that I watch, and well, there's a guy whatnot. up in your area that B is for Bill. Do you ever watch that? I did see that, you know, a few videos on there, and he's super good. Yeah, he reminds so me a lot of your stuff where he'll he'll make mistakes on video. It doesn't edit out. He's like, right. yeah, this didn't work out. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Well, um, so is this – it's your only means of income, I think, is what you were saying. It's what you do pretty much full-time. But how many videos – do you have, like, a number? I got to do one video a week or two videos a week, or does it just – does it not really matter? Is there not a set? I try it. Yeah, I try not to stay on the schedule. It's more so, um, it just comes naturally. Like, whenever I'm going to get around to this, I'll mm. film it and get it up. Okay. And I try not to force anything or do, you know, a specific, you know, three videos a week. I would like to do them every other day. Yeah. That would be awesome. But then again, you know, it takes so much time to do all this stuff, and I don't want to force anything. Then it's like, it takes the fun out of it. Sure, so, sure. So when you have a 15 yeah. to 20 minute video, how much time editing? Because like, this show here, we're going to record it, and then we'll spend an hour going through probably a total editing time and, and getting it ready just, just before we upload it. So what do you mm-hmm. spend per video? I mean, like I said, you have full-on cinema quality is what it looks like and a lot of your stuff. Yeah, yeah so you guys know the struggle of it. It's, uh, it's a lot of time. So, uh, for example, like this 30-minute video I put up, on the bottom end rebuild mm-hmm. that took a solid two full days of filming and editing and wow. just make, making sure i mean there was a lot of stuff beforehand um you know working with trying to get all the parts in place but uh straight up editing it took definitely more than a day's worth of work oh wow just piece, piecing everything together and and all that yeah, you know, are you self-taught on that too? On the editing, you just kind of go in there and like TJ here, which is, he's pretty much self-taught on running the soundboard and all that. Mm-hmm. You just watch videos and figure out how to do that yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I went through and uh, try to learn most of it myself, and then I jump on YouTube as well. And that's really where YouTube's come in handy for me is yeah. finding uh, people that are good with it. And I'll you know I'll watch guys that are uh, proficient with editing and see how they do it, and uh, that helps out quite a bit. So that's, I mean, and that's where why I wanted to get you on because I'm watching your stuff and listening to you on the show. Even before we talked, I'm like, this guy is, you know, is is kind of what what people can do with what they you know enjoy doing. I guess you'd say. So mm-hmm. if you had any like tips or whatever to some young kid that wants to make videos or wants to do something like that, what kind of advice would you give them? Yeah, yeah, I appreciate that. So uh, I would say I say this all the time to people when I get that question. Just go out and try something. If you're enjoying it, um, go out and make mistakes. Learn that uh, you know failure isn't a bad thing, or you know having a something go wrong here and there. There's nothing wrong with that. And uh, I mean that's that's how I learned everything. Make mistakes. You know breaking the bolt off here and there and stripping <laughs> things out and you know the whole mechanic uh, the fail mechanic fail deal. And so I mean that you can apply that to anything. Just go awesome. out. If you got an interest in it, give it a shot. See what happens. Well, let everybody know where they can follow you on social media and your YouTube and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so first and foremost, my YouTube is my name, Cameron Nimoa. So it's, you know, just spelled Cameron, and then the last name is N-I-E-M-E-L-A. Same for Facebook, same for Instagram, 
and that's pretty much all my social media right there. Yeah, awesome. I'll, so, I'll uh, tag you in all that tonight. Once the show post, well, when I get home, it takes me about an hour to get home once we're done, and then I'll tag you again, and we'll post links, and I'll tag you. So if anybody is interested in following you, I'll have you tagged on, on my personal page and on the show pages and all that. So Yeah, but, deal. But you have so many more followers than we <laughs> do anyway, so... Hey, I'll push some your way too. I I love to uh, get people listening to your show and you yeah, know, like awesome. you got a good thing going on and yeah, I'd love to love to get people over there as well. Well, Bye. yeah, I mean, I appreciate it. It was really cool. I mean, because again, I don't I don't know, especially with my 15, I don't know how to do a lot of the work on that bike. I haven't even tore it down yet, so I'm sure your videos are going to come in handy because like I have to watch videos sometimes on how to install like a whole shot device so or to change his mm-hmm. oil yeah <laughs> not to change my oil <laughs> that one i have but i can do that yeah. but yeah a lot of that like if i ever had to you know pull the head off or anything i'd i have to come to your channel and watch a video because i don't yeah. do a lot of that kind of stuff myself so mm-hmm. yeah that's awesome man i'm i'm glad that tj got you on the show and uh introduced you to us because your stuff's really cool and now I have his phone yeah. number, so if I have any tech questions, I can just shoot him, hit him straight Dude, up. Don't ever answer TJ's phone after the night. <laughs> oh come on, that's, that's why you wanted me on. That's it. That's it. Now, now, now I have a now I have a mechanic in a pocket, right? What? But I know how to mechanic do mechanic on call, basically. Right. That's right. right. That's right. I just call it Berluti. Yeah, call it Berluti. That's right. All right, Real man. Well, we appreciate that, man. Yeah. And yeah, I'll have to come on again. It's gonna be a good time. Awesome, man. Absolutely, you you gonna be at Washougal? I, I'm planning on it, yeah. So watch Google, and then uh, I'm really hoping to make it for MX Nations over in Red Bud. Yeah, we so are that's, all working that's on the that. Plan. We're all working on trying to be there, too, so we may be able to meet up and hang out or something there. Yeah, either of those, uh, I'd love to meet up and say what's up. Sounds good, Absolutely, man. man. Thanks, Cameron. Hey, appreciate it. All right, you have a good night, and, uh, yeah, we'll talk to you soon. All right, sounds all right. good. You guys have a good night. You too. Awesome. Yeah. Cameron Nimola. 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 His uh his stuff is a lot like mine where my very first dirt bike long story but I wound up getting my parents didn't want me to have one so oh, yeah, I, yeah. I had to buy one that was broken. Yeah. And my dad it yourself. Yeah, I wound up fixing it and so it's kind of right. the same thing. So it was it's it's pretty cool. Like I said, I and then when I talked to him on the phone I'm like, "Yeah, we got to get him on because <laughs> Yeah, he's he's good. And his like his story just he just 13-year-old kid. That part's really amazing to me. Because literally, I mean, at 13, I don't think I was playing with toys anymore, but I damn sure wasn't tearing bikes apart. Yeah, 13. Uh, well, that's when I kind of first sort of started riding. We lived in Hawaii. but Started being bad at 13. Yeah, well, I, never, I was never bad. But <laughs> anyway. Okay. Guys, we're going to take, uh, well, before we take this last break and get to Kyle Cunningham, let's talk about some of our little projects we always talk about. Patreon. All right. Patreon.com. P-A-T-R-E-O-N, in case you guys can't spell it, because I haven't seen anybody signing up for it. Not too many. But, hey, man, patreon.com, guys, go follow us, support us, help us out. I think both of our listeners, both of them are signed up for Patreon. Well, I'll tell you what. We have (laughs) 16 total patrons right now. That is amazing. Which is great. I cannot, I can't thank people enough. I'm telling you right now, we have a really, really cool gift package thing that we're putting together for our Patreon listeners. Don't tell them what it is. Not going to tell them what it is. And, um... Those guys got a interview I did with Gary Sutherland a few week, about a week ago. I, I posted that for those guys, and that's not going anywhere else. Yeah, only that pa- was a Patreon really good. only. I think it was pretty good. Um, Gary was pretty open and honest about you know, and he talked about his season this year, and right, it was really cool. Um, you guys know about the helmet giveaway. Kirk Hunter sent me a text today, and he's working on that custom painted Moto X Pod Fly F two carbon helmet that we're going to be giving away at 
Uh, we're going to do the drawing at Millville, and you guys know the Patreon li- subscribers. They get three chances at the drawing. If you want in on the drawing, you got to contact me on email, darksidemx3, or on the show Instagram DM, or my personal DM, or any, or any of the guys, Racing for the Sun, or Muscle yep. Mark. Let us know that you heard this. I'll put you in the drawing. But if you're a Patreon subscriber, you get three chances as opposed to everybody else who gets one. Um, we want to talk about the Independence Day Cup coming up. I'll talk about that a little bit more after we talk to, to Kyle Cunningham because I don't have everything in front of me. And, hey, I want to ask you, you, you know, you've been running the Amsoil that Dane gave us. Yes. What, what do you think about it so far? I, I know I went to get my old change and I used that Amsoil this mm-hmm. time in my diesel truck. Yeah. And it was funny because the guys were like, oh, man. this They, they were, like, blown away. Oh, you had was, somebody else do it for you? I did because okay. I've been so busy. Yeah, yeah. And, and they only charged me. They only, I mean, you buy your oil on the side. Yeah. And in the long run, it's actually cheaper because if I went up there, it was like 120 bucks to get my old change. Uh-huh. And haven't given them the whatever it was, fifteen bucks for them to do it and right. the oil. It was cheaper than me just nice. going up there in the long run, which was kind of blew my mind. But um, anywho, it was just it was just cool. They were like, "Oh, this is such good oil and all that." And yeah. I, and obviously, I mean, I'm riding a two stroke. I'm and I'm fat, and so I'm hard on the clutches. <laughs> and you know that stuff holds up really, really well. Right. And it, I don't know if maybe it's just in my head because it's good oil or whatever. But it seems like I can feel a difference with chattering, and there's none of that in the clutch and nice. all that kind of stuff. Nice. And, and I mean, I run Henson clutch clutch fibers and all that right. stuff. So, but it if you can improve upon something like that, and you know you got good quality yeah. stuff. Yeah. Well, I did an oil change on my van and just put the the AMS oil in Sunday. Yeah. So I've got I think it's the twelve thousand mile oil is what it is, or, or one year. Right. But then I've been running the chain lube. I mentioned that last week, which I didn't even know they made chain lube until he sent it. Until we got that, and that stuff's awesome. Yeah, it doesn't sling off, doesn't make a mess. It's good stuff. Cool. Yeah. So you guys go check out Dane Evans and uh, get yourself hooked up with Amsoil. A couple of our listeners have, uh, I think they're they're working on becoming like independent dealers also. Or yeah, a lot of people have gone to Dane and got some really great deals. He's working with um, one of our buddies. Who work here in Texas? Who works for a company that they, they send their trucks out to get oil changes? You know, and, and he's working with them to save them a lot of money o- over the year to do all their equipment, all their trucks. He's working on some stuff, so we'll take care of and you. That's man. a big part of it. It's not yeah. just it's not just for your motorcycle. That that Amsoil oil is like really good for, for especially like I said, my, my my diesel truck. I'm really looking forward to seeing if it makes you know any difference at all. Or but I mean, I'm gonna run it. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you guys, if you're interested in getting hooked up with Amazon, give Dane a call at 805-531-9551. All right, guys, we'll be right back with Kyle Cunningham. guys our next guest is brought to you by all sport dynamic wrist braces they are the helmet for your wrist uh weston pike adam Cianciarello, joey sabachi austin forkner alex ray many other riders major league baseball players nfl players and bull riders all trust all sport dynamics check them out at motocrosswristbrace.com or follow them at wrist brace guy on instagram our next guest is kyle cunningham what is up dude how are you doing tonight oh pretty good just hanging out at the 
Yeah. How are you feeling after, you know, you had a pretty good crash at Glen Helen and I know you've been kind of recovering. You missed Lakewood. How are you feeling today? Oh, I'm doing good. I've just uh, been trying to take the the proper steps that the Alpine Stars medical guys, Dr. Ryman and Bodner, uh, what they wanted me to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but fortunately, when I crashed at Glen Helen, I hit my head, uh, got knocked out, but my CT results came back all negative, so I didn't have any trauma, I guess you would say, bleeding, um, right. anything like that on the brain. Um, it happened, I honestly thought I, I broke my right arm again, like I did. I but got, I guess I just had a little bit, a little bit of scar tissue build up, so. Yeah. Yeah, so. Other I, than that, just fucking bruised. So I have a question. So with the recent exit from the sport that Davey Millsaps had, from the in the head injuries and stuff like that, does that change how you like and how some of the riders progress from that when you get hurt? Does it make you look at it differently or anything like that? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I think you know. Besides Davey, the the biggest thing to be cautious with in the sport is obviously head injuries. So, um, you know, like I said, I've been trying to follow the step by step program of what the Alpine Stars guys are saying, as well as uh, Swanee and Seth, the guys who trained me, um, and just take it day by day and see how I felt. Uh, You know, luckily, I don't know if you guys have ever hit your head, but normally, you know, after you have a big one and you kind of bend over, you feel like, you know, you can feel that blood rush a little bit. And, uh, you know, fortunately, as far as that stuff goes, I didn't really have any bad after effects or signs that I hit my head. I basically, you know, felt like I got knocked out. Yeah, that was about it. I also, you know, I had two puncture wounds under my chin, so I'm not sure if partially part of it was hitting under the jaw as well. Um, But, you know, I I mean, you still, you have to be cautious. And obviously with an ace, the first one that I went on, I would have loved to been at Colorado. It just, it wasn't the right, right thing and you know as far as getting back on the stationary bike uh getting in the gym and then getting back to the motos on the uh on the motorcycle we've taken it step by step and i mean from the point i got on the stationary to all that stuff i haven't had any signs of blurred vision or you know feeling lightheaded or anything like that which you know i think being in texas you guys know when it's 103, it's pretty easy to to get to feeling pretty bad. So uh, yeah, definitely. You know, fortunately, fortunately, like I said, I, I really I feel okay. Um, you know, besides like to be honest with you guys, the back injury from Foxborough that I've been been riding through, it's just kind of lingering. It just doesn't. Uh, I guess that's how it goes in the sport. It just doesn't want to go away. Right. Yeah. Season, you know. You guys don't get much of a break unless you actually are hurt for a while. Yeah, I mean, I uh, the the week at Colorado, I, I pretty much took the whole week off mm-hmm. until the end of the week, and that's when I was giving me okay to to start riding the stationary. But uh, you know, I was hoping that would give my body some time to heal up from a, a few of the crashes. You know, three weeks prior to that. Um, 
but it's, you know, that feeling where my back's sore, it's almost just like a, you know, a tight kind of a pinch feel, you know, like to have something that's just bound up and, you know, it's not bad enough to where it's like, oh, I'm only able to ride it at 50%, but, you know, there are times sitting down in this stuff pretty hard or when the tracks get rough, it's more of a... the after effects when I'm done, it's <laughs> I don't really want to do anything for about a day or so. But uh, I you can know, understand. You guys know me. I can't. Uh, I can't sit up and not do much. So, well, I'm just gonna ride through it. <laughs> yeah, tell me. You know, you you had Moto One at Hangtown was not very not great. I don't know what happened. You had a 39th, then Moto Two. You had a 13th, and like you said at Glen Helen, Moto One, you had an eighth. What are you learning about the bike? Um, you're with the Hep Motorsports Suzuki. What are you learning about it? What do you feel like you need needs improving? Like you know, what have you figured out so far in just a little bit of time you've had on it outdoors? Um, I mean, it's tough even looking at the outdoors. Uh, you know, we've kind of chased chased the bikes all year. The Suzuki, the new Suzuki, is a great bike, and when I say chase, it's. Uh, it's more just that first year full-time in the 450 class. Yeah. Like, I feel like I'm almost learning all over again. It's like everything, you know, obviously testing-wise and stuff, you still, you know, have the same feelings, but it's just, it's a whole different beast having that much motor underneath you. So, you know, we've been constantly learning all year. First motor like Glen Helen. I got a terrible start, and I think I caught up to about 14, maybe seven minutes into the moto, and that drop-off in the back, uh, you know, a couple turns before the finish, I actually somehow ended off of that thing and got up and, and walked away from it with just some scrapes, um, you know, and then the second moto wasn't bad. I had a crash and lost 20 seconds the second moto at, at Hangtown, and you know, still ended up 13th, and then finally I felt like Glen Helen, you know, it's, uh, Glen Helen is kind of the, the kryptonite for me, I feel like, it's, <laughs> whether it's a week before the first round of the outdoors, or at the National, you know, last year, yeah, got hauled off, taking the Loma Linda, because the bike hit me in the back of the rib cage, tour cart in my ribs, um, you know, back in 2009, broke my, my ring finger and took about a eight inch gouge out of my right forearm. Um, you know, so 2010, I crashed there the same exact day the week before the first round. So, you know, <laughs> yeah, that's your black cloud is, race. Yeah. I mean, the thing that's tough is honestly, I feel like I ride really well there. And I think the first moto, um, showed that going yeah. out and in the eighth with those guys. Um, you know, and then the second moto, it's just one of those, I always feel like with that track, it's good, 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 but the smallest mistake, you know, at the speeds we're going on it, um, you know, catches. Yeah, and that's that's what happened there. The second moto, and it was a bummer, because honestly, before before Glen Helen, we changed the height of the subframe, we changed the forks completely, uh actually went to a different recluse setup and the recluse setup I was running in the bike, which definitely felt like it helped my start. So I finally came out of the, the gate mid-pack instead of the back of the pack. So, <laughs> right. you know, 
there were a ton of good changes that I really felt like played a part in that eight. Um, and only with one day of riding and on Tuesday, you know, before the race. So, you know, it was a bummer uh, to go down like that. Um, you know, I think I was running eight or nine, crashed, got up, caught up to 13, and then went down again. So, but, you know, we learn, uh, learn every weekend. And, you know, the outdoor thing for me right now um, with HEP, it was a Supercross-only deal, and they stepped up with Suzuki to help me out with bikes and carts, and uh, JVR is hauling, hauling my bike for me to the races. So, yeah. uh, you know, it's kind of kind of doing it on my own again. Um, you know, but uh, I'm going to have pops. My dad is, is going to rinse for me from this weekend through the rest of the series. Oh, okay. The old days. Um, so, you know, it's, it's a little tougher. We don't have the full support, but I do have help from those guys at ATP and obviously Jay Bunn at JGR for, for hauling my stuff. And, you know, we're going to get out there. And, uh, you know, I think it makes it a little sweeter when you, when you don't have uh, everything, you know, behind you. Sure, to, um, sure. Result, uh, it makes it worthwhile. So. Right. Well, I, you know, I think, you getting injured and missing around that, I mean, that sucks, but thankfully it was kind of early and you, at least you still have, what is there nine left, I think, or something like nine races left. So you, you still have time to, you know, put in some really good finishes and definitely finish out strong. You know, you're, you're only going to get better as the season goes on now, I think. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And that's, uh, that's the plan. I mean, I can only go out and, ride the best I can and yeah. you know where we end up we end up and the next weekend we got to look at what we did the weekend before and, and figure out obviously how to be better but uh you know it's been a fun year it's it's super cross wise like I honestly feel like I could have done a lot better and I felt like you know I made some strides towards the end of the season to start getting closer to being in that top 10 with how Stack the class was. And, yeah, for sure. You know, had big mistakes like Foxboro, you know, chasing the triple, and then uh, Vegas going in the works. Um, <laughs> you know, so there were some ups and downs, and there were a lot of people that have been positive about, you know, the way I was riding in Supercross. But I mean, you guys know me, and any guy on the track's no different. We always we want to do better, and I don't want to want to settle and be okay with you know, mediocre results. Yeah. It's, it's been, uh, you know, it's amazing what one week, a week and a half, you know, I didn't ride for the first time until uh, Saturday, just this past Saturday. So a couple weeks off the bike, um, you know, I'm basically a week of not being able to get outside and train and stuff like that. Obviously makes you feel like you, you know, take a couple steps back, but yeah. On a positive note, the last few days have uh, have been good at the track, and uh, I've been able to get my motos in um, that my trainers were wanting me to do, and that's been the big thing for you know the last three months, two months uh, from when I fractured my tailbone at St. Louis. It's like I've been able to do the training, but when it's come to the riding, it's like I'm riding at a bare minimum, which is I speak obviously. Of- Speaking of training, where are you doing all your training at right now? 
I just I do everything here at home. Are you gonna uh, track at so, the house? No, I go out. I either go out to the master pool facility, or I've been going up the compound a lot because Jim Lewis from Merge is uh, actually doing my suspension and helping me out with outdoors. So right, I've been spending a lot of time with him uh, up in Oklahoma up north. Um, yeah, we had Ry- we had Ryder on earlier, Ryder Floyd on earlier. And he's been up yep. there training too. Yeah, and John John was on last week, so yeah. Yeah, no, Sean's been doing a good job with the track, and um, you know, even the last couple of days riding up there, and Marky, a few other people, uh, Stink Dog was out there today. So you know, there's been a good group of of ten or twelve guys that that are riding pretty good, so the track seems to uh, to get good later on in the day. So nice. There's no substitution for the uh, the humidity and the heat. I can't believe how hot it's been here the last week. <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've been outside working for the last week. Like I'm doing stuff in the shop, and I don't have air conditioning out there. <laughs> and I mean, I come in yeah. just completely drenched, like I went swimming. Yep. Yeah. No, it's been crazy too because Glen Helen, I was wearing a hoodie most of the day. Right. Yeah, we heard it was a little well, unusually cool out there. Yeah. So. I'm sure we'll get to a few on the East Coast that are that are humid and hot, obviously. Yep. But you know, I think even last year we were pretty fortunate on not really having a few of the severe heaters like we did back in '11 at Freestyle and a couple of those rounds. Yeah, well, that's why. That's why I heard they really don't have one in Texas right now, is because nobody can handle the heat and humidity, the combination we have here. I guess. Yeah, I mean, I think it makes it tougher. I always wondered, you know, obviously I wish they still had the outdoor freestone. I thought Tony and Clayton did a great job at the place. And, Agreed. And put a lot into it. And I felt like fan-wise, too, there were a lot of people that were out there for the amateur racing and hanging out for the pro day. Um, I just think it's almost one of those. You'd have to put it, you know, later on in the season more towards, you know the end right you know? right and that unfortunately that's all that's all political who gets what race at what time and it just didn't work out but kyle man i appreciate you coming on for a little bit um i know you know i knew you were kind of getting back into the swing of things and getting ready for high point and uh i'll be at tennessee so i'm going to search you out and come say hi um sounds uh, like sounds like Ryder's going to be up there also so yeah I'll, i want to come see you guys see our texas boys and see what you guys get in the get in there and get some good finishes yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, Kyle, like I said, we'll be back, uh, be back at High Point this weekend, and then hopefully at the rest of them, trying to uh, try and keep it on two wheels. And there you and go. Right. Well, you know, so um, I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely. But I appreciate it. It's always fun being on the show with you guys, and I appreciate the phone call. Absolutely, man. I appreciate you always having time for us and responding, and uh, look forward to good things for the rest of the season and. You know, and hopefully some good things in nineteen. I don't know if you're going to stay with the HEP team, but I think that team is um, in the in the future. I think that team is going to be something special. I really do. I, I believe that he uh, they've got um, they have good plans. They have a good. They know what they they love the t- the sport. Good people, yeah. There's good people in that team. Dustin is. Uh, I think he's he's going to just really do great things with that team. So I hope it's something that you can stick with. Yeah, for sure. Um... There's been talks about it, but uh, obviously we will see a deal. You guys know in our industry, a deal's never done until it's right. done. So, yeah. You know, but uh, 
they did a great job this year, and it was uh, a fun, fun group of guys for sure. So we'll see how everything works out and materializes. Hopefully, uh, hopefully, I know for sure what we're doing next year, sooner than later. You know, yeah, absolutely. Year. Yeah, well, we we wish nothing but the best for you, obviously. Yep, well, I appreciate it. All right, Kyle. Well, hey, thanks again, and I'll I'll see you in about a week and a half in uh, Tennessee, man. All right, sounds good. I look forward to it. Okay, take care, buddy. All right, have All a good right. one. Bye. Kyle Cunningham, final guest of the night. Yeah, good He's, show. Good huh? show. Really, really was yeah. the. Uh, and Kyle's always like such good spirits. To the... Yeah, I hate that his phone was kind of messing up a little bit, but um, yeah, he. Uh, He's just fun to talk to, man. He's always, like you said, up up for it. You know, he's happy. Even when he's been injured, he seems to be in pretty good spirits. Right. So, um, hey, real quick, I mentioned the Independence Day Pro Cup at Nakona MX Park in uh, North Texas. I want to get up there. Yeah, that that's a big race that our buddy, you know, Chad Mayo, who owns Five Star Roofing, one of our sponsors, he's helping put that thing on, Brian Hicks and a couple other guys. Um. I'm sitting here. It's, the dates are June 30th through July 1st. Uh, it's three three moto format for the pros. $2,500 purse for the 450s. $1,500 purse for the 250s. $100 whole shot award per moto. A um, lot of other cool things going on. Check that out. Find it on. Uh, there's stuff on Facebook and check out Nokona MX Park. Try to get up there if you're in the area, guys. And um, I think that's everything for tonight. TJ, you got anything else? No. no? I got to leave. You gotta leave. I had to drive to West Texas tonight. Oh, I was like, I, I gotta leave. I'm the one that has to go home. But I gotta leave yeah, too. I forgot I can, you were doing that. My wife's kicking me out. I thought she was leaving you here. I thought you were staying here. Take care. No, of her. my my fiance kind of wants me to come home. So oh well, you know she she likes me for some reason. Hey, you're a nice guy. I am a nice guy. Pretty Ni- good looking too. Maybe too too nice. Kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So that's a wrap for show 82. Uh, Muscle Mark should be in studio next week, and I think TJ will be out. But uh, we'll we'll do it again next week, guys. See you in a week. Later.